Uh, I'm gonna begin now, okay? Okay. I just called it my Hufflepuff quiz. Okay, sorry. Start. Okay, here this, we go. This is fully- The wheels have come off. We have not even begun. Three people with ADD and Robin. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Okay, I'm starting this is my now. favorite podcast. Okay, I'm starting now, okay? Okay. okay I'm Robin, start. how many times are you gonna say you're starting before you start? Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, see, I just need some silence so that I can start. That's all. Start. Okay. Shut up, guys. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker, although by the time that this goes up, I will be 24. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The Hunter Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, B.C., I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And this episode, we have two guests, Kim and Casey. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So this is actually kind of exciting because every time that we've done like roundtables, it's always been people who have already been on the podcast. And this time we have two new people on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, um... Fresh blood. Kim, why don't we start with you? Tell us about you okay uh, my name is kim i am a 30 year old former pastry chef i live in the suburbs of nashville tennessee i am a hufflepuff i like found families and um, female protagonists with dubious sexuality things like that uh, you can find me on instagram and twitter it's at kthro kthro yeah that's about it that's great um <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your relationship with lost i watched it for the very first time last year um, very, very begrudgingly at first. I avoided it for a very, very, very long time. Um, and then, like, maybe, like, six episodes in, I was like, okay, this is way better than I thought it would be. And then it, like, slowly ruined my life. Um, and I think I have yeah. you guys to thank for that, because I probably would have never started watching it if it wasn't for, like, the Twitter fandom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never been so happy to be so wrong about something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who are some of your favorite characters? Um, of the ones we have met so far, um, Michael is yeah. my, like, probably my all-time favorite of all time, although I know he kind of gets shafted. And then, uh, Desmond, and then Penny, but we haven't met her. Right. Those are my favorite. Penny and Juliet and Desmond and Michael. Those are amazing favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Casey. Hello. Who are you? Who am I? First of all, I just wanted to say that I had found families in my bio. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> and then Kim said it and like, oh God, if you aren't a girl after my own heart. Okay. Samesies. <laughs> um, hello. My name is Casey Wall. I'm a 22 year old uh, student slash wannabe writer person. Person someday who lives in Rhode Island, America, for <laughs> people who don't know where that is. And as Justin Bieber once astutely observed, it is neither a road nor an island. <laughs> Wait, is that real? Oh my god, look up the tweet. Look up the tweet. Oh god. The Justin Bieber Rhode Island tweet. It's iconic. One of the wisest things he's ever said, probably. Uh you so right. Um Oh, shoot. Where was I? Uh, Casey, Rhode Island. Um, oh, I too enjoy 
uh, brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and badass moms and long naps <laughs> and also found families and candles. I like candles. And anything else? Um, can you tell us a little bit about your Hogwarts house discourse that we've oh, just been through? God. Okay. <laughs> so every single um, Hogwarts house sword and quiz I've ever taken has put me into Hufflepuff. And um, I disagree with those results, even though it's the only result I've ever gotten. Um, I'd like to be Slytherin, ideally, but let's face it, I'm not. So. Yeah. I'm so... I was gonna say, I really don't see that about you. Disappointed. No. Yeah, I don't see and that for you. no one does... Or would ever, <laughs> but like I want to be a Slytherin. It can be, it can be your secondary. Yeah, I feel like people. Yeah, like for me, I'm a primary Slytherin, uh, secondary Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. and I definitely feel um, traits from both of those places all the time. See, the problem yeah. is that so. like I just I don't fit in to one category. I'm I'm too well. Yeah, they're super okay. general. I'm too original. You're just too unique. <laughs> That's the problem with sorting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'm a Hufflepuff. Offense rude. I feel like you could sound a little less disgusted about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against Hufflepuffs. All my friends are Hufflepuffs, um, except for, like, Robin. I <laughs> <laughs> have friends who are Hufflepuffs. Um, so, like, I guess I'm one, too. I just, I respect Slytherins a lot. And um, I wish I could be one. I wish I was cool enough for that crowd. And how about you tell us uh, some uh, uh, about your relationship? relationship with lost as well oh god <laughs> what a what a loaded um uh statement question that i've had over a week to prepare an answer for um <laughs> well i am a newbie to the world of lost thanks to robin so i just finished season three uh for like the first time um and i'm just not like emotionally prepared to move on to season four yet because the season three finale was like a heart attack I know that feel. Um, so yeah, I'm a newbie to like the fandom and the world of Lost and everything. Uh, but then after years of having Robin hound me to watch Lost, um, when I was in Vancouver at her, her and Brittany's apartment, Robin was like, hey, you want to watch Lost? And I was like, yeah. And then we did. <laughs> so <laughs> it was love at first sight after that. So yeah, suffice it to say, um, the show has like taken my heart entirely in like such a short amount of time, which is just crazy because that hasn't happened to me since like finding the hundred, um, like four years ago. So it's nice to like feel that connection to a show again. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think there's just something like magical and like purposeful about the timing that shows come into your life and like lost just came in um at like the right time you know like we've been going through it over here folks and uh (laughs) lost has just heckin been there and like i don't know i think i'm like 10 years too late but like i feel like that was purposeful and like i'm glad that i'm experiencing it now when i am so i feel like i completely agree that's my relationship to lost because like I ended up watching it, like, when, like, oh, my personal life, like, not romantically, but career-wise, was falling apart. And it was just, like, I look forward to coming home every day and, like, watching Lost and live-tweeting and, like, being connected to my, like, Lost Twitter family friends. Yeah. It's what I needed. 
I love that. Um, Casey, one of the things that we have been talking about, about loss that I thought was really interesting that you brought up, I don't know, probably a few weeks ago, was um, why you had put it off for such Ooh. a long time mm-hmm. and what changed your mind when you started actually watching it. Yeah, so... I guess, like, prior to starting, like, I'd always, like, known about Lost and heard about it. And, like, the rest of my family, they watched it when it was live. And, like, I've known, like, Robin for years now. So she's been shouting about it in my ear for years. And, like, Joe Garfine, obviously, is just, like, the epitome of the Lost fandom. So, like, she's been raving about it to me ever since I knew her. Mm -hmm. um, Ever since I've known her. And... So yeah, like I've always had people around me like watching it and like people encouraging me to watch it. And I just never did because I was like, like, I get the premise. It's these people on an island and like they stay there for a while and then like some of them like leave or whatever. And (laughs) then I started watching and I was like, oh, there's like depth (laughs) here. (laughs) There's so much more like, yeah, I feel like I was false advertised it. And like, that's a big part of why I didn't watch for so long. Like, it was like, oh, it gets really weird, and there's all these mysteries, and nothing ever gets answered, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm like, what show are yeah. you watching? Because you're so wrong. Yeah. Everyone was like, exactly. it's so confusing, you're not going to get it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually, it makes perfect sense, Um, especially since I'm watching it hand in hand with this uh Super Duper Lost podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I also think it's like, it's not a show that you can watch while you're browsing Twitter. And I think that's people's yeah. problems. It's like, it's confusing. And it's because you're not paying attention. Exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah. we live in a world where like, we multitask. Like, I'm literally on my iPad as we podcast because I can't focus on one thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like with Lost, every time we watch Lost, I always just watch the screen. Yeah, because it feels like you're doing a disservice if you don't. Yeah, well, mm. when I live tweeted, I, when I watched the entire series, I live tweeted. But like, that's really a misnomer because like Chris, my fiance, would get annoyed watching with me because I would pause it to tweet because I can't do both <laughs> at the same time. And so it's just like exactly. pausing every five minutes to like all caps flail. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, but I have thoughts to have, but I don't want to miss anything. I have so many feelings and emotions. Uh, So Casey, although you have only seen till the end of season three, who are your favorite characters as of right now? Oh boy. Okay. Sawyer and Kate, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saeed. Literally everyone except Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I just love them all so much, except for Jack. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. no, no offense, no, um, no, no offense. hard feelings. Um, he's just not my dude. Uh, but like, if yeah. he's your dude, that's totally fine. But he is not my cup of tea. Um, but I literally love everyone. Oh, and also Julia. Even though I've only known her for like a season, kind of. But I'm already ready to give her my entire heart yeah Yeah. you love her now you're only gonna love her more i'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) um and where can we find you on the internet oh you can find me at casey wall pretty much everywhere yeah mostly just twitter um where i can be found talking about um my own self-loathing and (laughs) uh television (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's literally what Twitter is. That's for Twitter. TV and emotions. <laughs> so basically what's gonna happen is just like we always do, is we are going to talk about uh no spoiler stuff. I have some questions already that are kind of our talking points. Then we're gonna be doing our outro, then our spoiler section, and our spoiler section is gonna go 
Um, to the end of season three, then we're going to ask Casey to take a step away and we're going <laughs> to chat about some stuff for the entire series. So Kim, if you think of anything that you want to talk about that's like past season three, write it down so you don't forget and we'll all chat about it. Um, okay, I have a pen. I am ready. <laughs> okay, Next. perfect. Today we have words to say about the first half of season two of Lost. Oh, wow, the first half of season two. That's like a whole half. <laughs> it's oh. like a whole one and a half. You know what I just realized? Wow. We don't get a, a chipmunk speed up this 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 episode. I know. I was just going to say, no. which one of them is going to have to do it? Ugh. Can I just say? Sorry. Sorry, guys. How did you guys decide that this was the halfway point? Because is, is it? Are we going through 12? There's 24 episodes, right? There's actually 25 episodes. Technically, yeah. The reason why I chose this as the halfway point is because, first of all, Fire and Water is the second worst episode of the series. That's... And so I thought, yeah, let's just stop after that one for a little bit. What do you think is the first worst? <laughs> It is a stranger in a strange land in season three. Interesting, because I feel like mm, I think the Shannon and Boone episode is worse, but okay. That is so valid. Okay, hey, that's fair. Hey, that's actually a fair <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> I, I might like, put if she that says one as expose. She's gonna break Robin's heart. No, no, she would never. <laughs> no, no, no. I expose has so many things to love about it. It's like bad in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the Boone and Shannon episode in season one, which is called Hearts and Minds, is uh, probably third on my list. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. See, I think there's some stuff that's not Jack-related in Stranger in a Strange Land that's pretty quality. So. Okay, that's fair. But anyway. We chose this as the halfway point also because we have our friend, our friend Scott was just on our 212 podcast and he's actually mm-hmm. coming back in 214. So um, okay, I chose okay. this as a halfway point to kind of put some space in between Scott's episodes. Is Scott yeah. the Zamboni driver? Okay, yeah. Oh, love that man. Scott's gonna listen to this and be like, I'm famous. <laughs> he is. That's a real profession. I need to go follow him on he Twitter. Hey, Zamboni guy. Cutest kid in the entire world. Yeah, he's so I'm sweet very boy. biased, but that kid is adorable. We have met him. He's cute. Okay, Aww. so uh, in the doc here, if you guys are taking a look at it, I've got some talking points on here. And the first thing I want to talk about is this Sawyer head cannon that I've had in my brain for literal months that I haven't been able to talk about. Okay. Okay. Talk even about I, it. I don't think I even know what this is. Robin wants to talk about Yeah, Sawyer. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Revolutionary. <laughs> here's my new Sawyer headcanon. And maybe other people have had this headcanon, but I literally haven't seen it, so that's why I'm going to think that I'm being original. Thanks. So I started watching Lost with another person. Whoa. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. You start watching Lost with somebody, and then they go off by themselves, and they continue it, and it's great. Yeah, literally, literally, I came out of my room, and I walked in and I was like, are you guys watching Lost? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Robin had lined up everyone on the couch to watch Lost. And I was like, why is this typical? To be clear, Casey was the only person who hadn't seen it yet. This seems very on brand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I started watching with our friend Emily um, because I was <gasps> like, Emily, let's go. Wait. Like, come on. Oh, that's right. I forgot Emily was watching. She hasn't seen Lost. No. No, and she's <gasps> currently halfway through season two. Oh, yeah. I think I saw her tweeting about it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I started watching. My side. We started watching, like, the first, I think we watched, like, the first five episodes in one sitting one night. And one of the things that I noticed, and I can talk about this because it's literally only in season one. Mm-hmm. Sawyer, we see him in, like, maybe the first three or four episodes smoking cigarettes. Yes? Oh, oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. I think so. We see him smoking cigarettes just in those first little bit. Now, Charlie is out here being like, I'm going through a painful detox. And obviously, heroin is a much harder drug than tobacco. But I, my headcanon is, 
Mm-hmm. Sawyer doesn't smoke cigarettes. And my headcanon goes as thus. <laughs> Sawyer... Okay, this is my headcanon. Sawyer does not smoke cigarettes. Uh-huh. He finds a pack of cigarettes uh-huh. and goes, I have nothing else to live for. Guess I'll start smoking cigarettes because it looks cool. I knew you were going to say that. Okay? <laughs> because this is what the man does. <laughs> One of the very first times we see him is we have this close-up of him in the first part of, of uh, the pilot. And he's smoking a cigarette, and we see the smoke come out of his mouth, and he's all like, I'm so handsome, and I'm smoking, wow, I'm so cool. Yes? Yes. Then we go, and we have a wider shot of him on the beach, and he stands up, and he starts walking away, and he flicks the cigarette away. After taking one drag of the cigarette, he flicks the cigarette away, making it garbage. If you are a person- Because he's a cool guy. (laughs) Who smokes cigarettes, you- who, like, smoke cigarettes for, like, years, like, we're basically- thinking that Sawyer does. It's implied, yeah. You're not out here being like, like, you would be smoking it down to the filter, knowing that you're not going to have that many cigarettes. You have this one pack. Sawyer found the cigarette pack, thought he was going to start smoking cigarettes because he has nothing else to live for, takes one drag and is like, this is gross, and and gets rid of it. Okay? I have more, I have more evidence, all right? I'm, I'm obsessed with this. I have more oh evidence. Oh god, of course. Of course you have more <laughs> Tabula rasa. Okay, because I'm- I'm. Oh, go ahead, Kim. I was like, because I'm sure. just dubious. Like, not that I couldn't buy it, but I don't- I haven't been sold. <laughs> sure, here, here's my- here's my other piece of evidence, She's okay? got more pitch. Sawyer, Tabula rasa. Yeah. Episode 103. Yeah. He shoots the marshal, and he messes it up, right? And he's really upset, <laughs> and of course he's frustrated, but he tries to have a cigarette, knowing that people say, oh, it's a relaxing thing. Right? So Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to have a cigarette because that's what cool guys do and that's what they do. So he has a cigarette and he can't light it. And of course, he's frustrated. But if you're a a person who smokes, you're not out here taking, trying to light your cigarette and and it won't light. So he takes a cigarette and just throws it away (laughs) without doing it. Is he frustrated? Yes, he's frustrated, of course. But if you're a person who smokes, you're not going to throw away all your cigarettes. Sawyer doesn't smoke cigarettes thoughts true i disagree that he's frustrated because he failed i don't think he i don't i think he probably didn't have it in him to kill the marshal and he thought he did and that's why he quote sure unquote, yeah. failed so i don't know about that as a piece of evidence either yeah but him because like if you're gonna kill someone to like execute them why wouldn't you just shoot them in the head like you right. can't really mess that up like so he does say that he was aiming for his heart and he messed up. Um, but like thinking about the cigarette yeah. thing, like you, you're not gonna just throw away your cigarette. Yeah, even if you're frustrated, <laughs> even if like there's something else going on, like you have that pack and nothing else. Yeah, that's it. Charlie goes through a very painful detox. If you were a smoker and were frustrated, you would have been like hot boxing that exactly real fast. Oh, no, another yeah. thing is that we never see him smoke in flashbacks. He never smokes in flashbacks. Oh. Um, I was texting Casey about this earlier today, so I'm going through my text to make sure I didn't miss anything. This is, like, <laughs> my favorite thing is, like, the writers forgot that they had Sawyer smoke. And so they were yeah. like, yeah. yeah. okay. Does he smoke at all past season one? No. Like, maybe not even after the per- first okay, so five episodes. Fun fact, I also went to film school, not to be a killjoy, but, like, what I would think probably the practical reasoning is, is they realize we can't have an unlimited yeah. supply of cigarettes on an island. So why would we do that? And probably also filming cigarettes is a lot for continuity. Totally. And so probably mm-hmm. that's why. Or they just forgot. But you know, 
Sure. Another thing is that maybe Josh just doesn't smoke and, and doesn't like smoking the fake cigarettes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well clove yeah. cigarettes are gross, so that could also definitely be it. See, my favorite, my favorite mm. thing about all of this is I want it to be canon because I can just picture yeah. Sawyer taking one hit of a cigarette and coughing like a madman and like <laughs> rustling a tarp or something to like cover He's- up the cough. <laughs> All of this stuff about continuity is totally valid, but another reason why I think that my headcanon is correct is that never, and this would be easy for the writers to put in, never does Sawyer go, ugh, when he's fi- when he's frustrated, ugh, I could really use a cigarette right now. Mm, that's true, and like all smokers do true. that. Which wouldn't do anything to him. Oh, yeah. We just never hear about it again, and he just, like, stops using it. And it's like, in my mind, is that, like, he literally, like, into Bularasa, can't light it, throws it away, and it's just like, well, oopsie. Guess I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to have dropped it. I give up. <laughs> can't help that. Now it's garbage. Whoopsie. I'm not yeah. saying it's not true. Like, it could be true. Fine. I'll give it to you. If you want that, you can have it. But it's not my headcanon. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's I fair. think two things can be true. I have my I own Sawyer like headcanon. <laughs> there's a practical reason for it, mm-hmm. and then there's like this more hilarious, fun reason right. for it. Yeah, he's like, mm, oh no, yeah. I seem to have yeah, run out. Whoopsie. <laughs> Looks like I can't do it anymore. My bad. <laughs> that That's like my favorite thing too, because like on Battlestar Galactica, for a while, they try and like be like, okay, we need to ration the booze. Mm. And then the writers just give up. They're like, okay, here's the one magic thing about this show. They will always have booze. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. It took 23 minutes for Britney to start talking about Battlestar. <laughs> it's like 100 and they're like, um... The stabby adrenaline things. <laughs> Every time I talk about loss, I'm like, okay, but let's talk about Battlestar yeah. for a second. <laughs> so moving on, one of the other things that I had was like, do you guys, and this is going to be easier for Casey, but do you guys remember how you felt around this time, um, the first time you watched? Because this is kind of known as like the lull of season two where we're at right now. This is like, yes. 100p. Yeah, there's like a there's a moment in season two, and it's like probably I'm, the only lull that I can think of is is happening around mid season two. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Um, <laughs> I remember very clearly. Oh, go ahead, Casey. Go. Oh, I was just gonna say that Robin severely overestimates my ability to remember things. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I'm lucky because I literally live tweeted all of it. So anyway, oh my god! Oh right. <laughs> um. I actually did like a whole mid-season thing about it because I like was like I'm having some feelings and I was like please don't let this be because like the whole like rumor about loss is like it's really great in the beginning and then it really goes downhill is like I was like oh man I hope I'm not gonna become one of those fans and like the show's just gonna become something that I don't like which is like fine but I didn't want that to be the case it's just like season one was I feel like so well plotted out and like well put together and then season two just feels like a little bit more like Mm-hmm, yeah, cobbled, mm-hmm. you know what I mean and you're introducing so many new characters and so like I just like started to miss my old faves like because the screen time is getting so divided up I feel like it gets better the second half of season yeah. two and for like spoilery reasons like I still have grudges with season two but I agree like it, there's like a lull you just start to feel like there. you feel less like you're on like a well plotted trajectory towards somewhere mm-hmm. yeah you can feel the writers mean? floundering a little bit to figure out what they want to do yeah yes because, like, I feel like once they, like, season three forward, like, even though you still have, like, random episodes that are, like, much less, like, main story focused, it didn't feel as, like, 
well, we're going to do this this week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, right, it right, felt right. like it was all very purposeful. And it's too bad because the storylines in season two, like the hatch, it's like, whoa, that is yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yes. And they totally yes. did stuff with that. Yeah. Um, but there were just like some moments like, right. um, I think starting maybe at the 23rd Psalm, uh, the hunting party, fire and water, and then the long con maybe, because after the long con is when a new character comes in who's very, very important, and that's when it starts happening. So we're in the right, midst of the right. lull right now. I think they finished Agreed. season two strong, so I think it's just part of, like, season, the first half of season two is a little... Yeah. yeah. A little long. What do you think, Casey? Um, I agree, kind of, like, generally speaking. Like, mm-hmm. I think it... There's def- definitely kind of like a little lull in the beginning and like as kim said like i kind of had that longing like oh i kind of just like miss my old faves like can we get back to them for a second but also i like got really interested in like the lives of all like the tailies the tail people like really Mm -hmm. quickly so i like started becoming really invested in that and I started feeling, like, less and less, like, a longing for, like, a return to kind of, like, the season one dynamics. And I was like, no, no, like, I'm vibing with this. Yeah. I can I can do this. Um, so, like, I think the lull in the beginning is just, like, that uneasiness of, like, the new territory of, like, introducing so many new characters and, like, such a big new, like, plot um, event. And I think it was just them, like, kind of, like, finding their footing a little bit. But I, like, yeah. I don't by any means think it's, like, bad. Like, Oh, no. I think it's still, like, phenomenal. No, just in the overall context, it's, like, a weak split. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's that's barely yeah. saying anything. It's just because, like, the rest of the series is so heckin' strong all the time. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, like, I, I'm obviously Lost Trash. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this about me. But, like, what? I would say that, like, the weakest episodes of Lost are still some of the best episodes in television. Um, thanks. Oof. At least the weakest episodes of Lost are all better than any episode of Big Bang Theory. So, wow, thanks. Tea. Oh, oh. The tea is hot. <laughs> and tea. it's correct. Yeah, like, I had to, like, I will say, I had to go back and, like, re- like read through my old tweets and look at, like, Wikia to, like, remember what all episodes were in the first half. Right. Whereas, like, I, have a, I can remember everything that happens, like, in season one. Like, I don't know the names and stuff like you do, but, like, I still, like, really remember all the key points. Right. Like, it's just, yeah... But season two, there's less in the first half that's, like, super memorable, unless it's, like, super, like, important to, like, my faves. Like, I love the Michael episodes. Like, Adrift is great. And I feel like there's, like, there's just a couple of I'm like, oh, this could not exist in canon, and I wouldn't remember it, and it wouldn't really matter. Right. I'm, so what I did is I was trying to remember how I felt when I was watching Lost for the first time, and I remembered that I lived blogged some of it on my live journal oh my god you're so old live journal okay i know i'm 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 ancient i'm like the crib keeper but like oh my god so this was actually you found some 11 years ago holy crap 2008 because like i still have a live journal i don't update it but yeah yeah, i still have it because i when when i got live journal the first time i was like oh i'm gonna buy a permanent account so this is around until LiveJournal dies. Okay, so I'm going to apologize in advance for what I'm about to say because I think I was in the middle of season one. Okay. And I I, I guess I, I wasn't feeling it. I said, okay, lost. Intriguing, but not that good. <laughs> Hate Jack and Kate. <laughs> I know. I don't know what. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, no, Kate. I love Claire, Charlie, Hurley, and Sawyer. Shannon irritates me, but I bet she dies soon. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> 
And then I said, and yeah, I saw the last half of season four, so I like know everything, lol. And then everything, Charlie with a sad face. You don't know. So much happens. <laughs> and I'm like, when did I watch the last half of season four of Lost before the first season? Right. So that was my initial impression of Lost, and I don't know why. <laughs> Brittany's hot takes. Yeah. I'm like a little disgusted. Can't relate. Not that good, lol. People who don't like Kate. <laughs> I'm a little disgusted at how bad my opinions are. And I'm like trying to scroll through and be like, okay, well, did I have any more impressions? It's crazy to me that even after an episode like uh, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, in which like we see like that scene where Charlie almost dies and Jack and Kate have that moment where they have to like save Charlie. It's so beautiful with the music and it's so like dramatic and emotional that you still were like, eh, not that good yeah like that that's why i'm like what the hell yeah and so now i'm like oh yeah okay so then i get into i've obviously like enjoyed the show and so i started live posting the final season oh my god so like some of the posts are literally just me going what the hell benry <laughs> and that's oh, that's man. it oh man i think too like i, I really silly hate i still hated sawyer a lot at this point like it took a very wow, very yeah. long time for me to come around to him he'll never be one of my faves sorry robin that's fair but, like at this point like i still was like i don't even really tolerate you <laughs> oh boy that is okay that is okay so, um and i'm really excited kim to talk about your love of michael i think that we're going to talk about that in the spoiler section because um, that's where like most of the conversation is, but I'm so excited to talk about yeah. it. Cause- yeah, I rewatched like a bunch of this as, as much as I could do this week, and like I'm still like adrift makes me like yeah. fill with rage. I hate his wife girlfriend thing so much. His wife girlfriend thing. She's truly, I think, the worst character of the whole series. That's also not like worst as in like writing, but like she's an evil person. I love that opinion, <laughs> and I'm so excited to talk about it. I think she's worse than. The um, antagonist character in season six, who I don't want to mention, but Casey wow. hasn't seen it. Okay, so I'm going to move on to yeah. the next talking point, which is, and uh, uh, what the heck are they doing to Charlie? Oof, I have thoughts. Oh, really, please? Oof. Full disclosure, and I think we've already <laughs> mentioned this on the podcast, but basically, like, Charlie is great in season one, and he's great past this season, but in season two, what the heck is going on? It's like they didn't know what to do with him, so they just did everything. I think I talked about this on the last episode, which is the episode where they really mess up Charlie the most. Um, But the writers had said that um, they needed to throw a wrench in the Claire and Charlie storyline because they were too happy. Um, But this was, like, kind of the wrong way to do it. Okay, one, that is such a, like, male writer perspective to, like, not to throw all men under the bus, but it is, like, couples can be together and you can still create drama and, like, it can still be interesting without, like, this kind of contrived kidnapping a baby <laughs> bull fork yes like yeah go talk to mike sure get some tips yeah like you guys warned me because i loved charlie so much like the moth is the episode that like sealed the deal for me but like yeah. even though you warned me and i knew it was coming i didn't know exactly what was coming but i knew like some things were gonna go down i was still like who is this person mariah carey i don't know her dot gif yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what they're doing. Like, is he, like, jealous of Locke? Like, is he, like... Right. Like, is he being territorial of Claire? Is it, like, he needs to, like, be a daddy to the baby to, like, prove something to himself because he's got those issues? I just don't... Yeah. And, like, he gets very, very religious. And, like, not that he wasn't religious to some respect before. Because, like, there's elements of that in his season one arc. But, like... Totally. Not this much. I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. You now think this baby's going to burn in hell if you don't baptize it. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
I was, I put myself through the pain of watching Fire and Water again. Mm. Uh. <laughs> R.I.P. me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I was really trying. So like I rewatched the whole like half of season two again. And I was really trying to like focus in on Charlie and understand like what the heck is going on here. Like above the writers just needing to throw a wrench in things. Because um, what a cop out. Um, and I don't know, I started thinking and I was really like uncomfortable, but also fascinated thinking about his relationship with his brother. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially in fire and water with all those flashbacks. And I, I came up with some weird feelings of like Charlie sort of kind of imposing like an image of Liam onto Aaron. Okay. Like, they're both, Charlie feels this really, like, overbearing sense of, like, responsibility toward them and, like, a need to kind of protect them and fix them. And, like, he couldn't really do that with Liam until, like, Liam went and did it himself. And, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I think Charlie really wants Aaron to, like, need him so he can kind of, like, fix him and, like, help him and, like, be a guardian. I don't know. There's some really weird, like, ugly vibes, <laughs> especially just in Fire and Water. There are some really weird, like, parallels to, like, Liam and Aaron that I picked up mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And, like, Which is oh, yeah, go so... Ahead. It, it's just, it's so cool, because, like, it, it definitely happens, but, like, Charlie is Liam's younger brother. Yep. Yeah. But, like, when the younger brother, or, like, when the older sibling ends up needing the younger sibling more than that definitely happens where it's like you that person has to take over well i think too um, like charlie like he kept wanting and trying to help liam and liam like wouldn't take the help or like refused to see that he needed help whereas like aaron's a baby so like he has to take the help <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's this gross um sort of it, you you can kind of see the beginnings of this in 206 which is abandoned when um Saeed is like running off after Shannon be- and not believing her that she's seen Walt and stuff and mm-hmm. then Charlie turns to Claire and is like what are you doing and Claire's like oh well I heard Shannon call for help and I mentioned in the episode that it's like you know Claire is out here just trying to support her fellow ladies being like sounded like she needed help so I ran over yeah and he's like, well, you woke the baby. And she's like, yeah, because I'm not going to leave him over there because yeah. he literally has been stolen and is about to be stolen by you. So, of course, I'm going to bring him over here. And then he's saying that, like, oh, she has so much to learn about being a mom. She doesn't know what she's doing and stuff. And it's like... Like, he does? <laughs> what makes you think that you... Yeah, exactly. What do you know about being a dad? It's yeah. It's <laughs> just like, you love and respect Claire, right? Why do you... Why are you treating her like she doesn't love Aaron and wouldn't do what's best for him and like she's not a good mom when she is yeah yeah there's some there's some really weird uh juju happening with Charlie well it's just like anytime like Locke tries to like step in and just being helpful to Claire and like obviously trying to help with Aaron and then like Charlie like acts weirdly threatened like if the whole motive is like you care about Aaron you don't want him to be in danger then like why are you trying to like chide Locke for being helpful yeah he charlie is so like insecure and like he's got major projecting of his own issues onto other people Mm -hmm. in really weird and unhealthy ways Mm -hmm. and i don't like that 
I think it's like with Charlie and he avoids thinking about his own problems by projecting everything else onto everyone around him. Mm-hmm. So yes. like <gasps> yes, <gasps> if he didn't yeah, so like he no. didn't deal with like how he felt about Liam, so he projected it onto Aaron and now Aaron is Liam in his brain. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And like that totally checks out with Charlie consistently blaming Liam for turning him on to drugs because mm-hmm. Oof, there I find that so interesting, especially with um the I think they're the flashbacks in season one where Charlie goes to like Liam's house like after yes. she's gone to rehab and everything. Yes. Um and Charlie's like, You did this to me. And I find that so interesting that there's just been a total like lack of accountability for Charlie mm-hmm. to like understand his role yeah. in choosing the drug life. Like obviously Well, that's like the whole Yeah. The whole episode, yeah. like, in season one, I think, with, like, Locke and Charlie and, like, Locke basically saying, like, I'm here to help you and support you if you want to, like, kick this. But, like, you have to do it and you have to choose it. I can't just take it away. And, like, he just, like, that that concept takes so long for him to, like, accept and sink in. That, like, this is on you. Like, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, completely. There's a total lack of accountability for, like, his his role in all of this in turning onto drugs in not wanting to quit and blah 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 like i don't know it's weird because i i feel weird saying that because like obviously like you don't you know quote unquote choose drugs like i don't know i don't want it to like come off sounding like that i just think there's charlie's first instinct is to blame everyone else around him instead of taking any um sort sort of like taking any taking a moment to reflect on like himself and his actions and like yeah. what of himself has like led him to this point mm-hmm. you know the only real time that we see charlie as an adult before doing drugs is in the moth Um, When we see him uh, go to church and although he doesn't do drugs, you know, he's confessing about all of these uh, sexual acts that he's done. And um, when he's like really getting started, I think there's a flashback in season three where we see him first hear his song on the radio and stuff like that. But we don't see a lot of this behavior until after he starts doing drugs. How much of this um, toxic behavior is due to what he's learned from being on drugs. Mm-hmm. That's so... Ooh. I think, like... That's so interesting. I think it's, like, something ingrained in Charlie, too, though. Like, I think he has a very deep, like, need for validation and, like, acceptance from, like, both his family and, like, being good enough, like, being the younger brother and, like, him mm-hmm. thinking the world of Liam and not, like, wanting to live up to that image. And then, like, part of why he probably started doing drugs is because, like, his brother was doing this thing and he wanted to be closer to him and he wanted his brother to think he was cool or whatever. And like, it was just another way for him to like be with Liam and be closer to him and be more like him and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And then Liam went and, you know, sold the piano and got help leaving Charlie in the dust. And like, I think that might've been a moment that really rattled Charlie and like his understanding of his relationship with his brother. And Mm -hmm. he's like, for the first time seeing his brother do this thing without him. And like, he can't do that for himself. And he can't like be the same as his brother anymore. And I think he really struggles to find like who he is and what his role is when he can't like just be a spitting image of his brother anymore. I think there's also an element of like, Charlie as the younger brother always felt like (sighs) Liam was kind of his safety net. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. 
it, Liam was the thing where Charlie would kind of follow in his footsteps. And you can see that through the whole show. Like, I mean, what's the reason Charlie starts doing drugs, right? Right. So when Liam goes and gets his act together, Charlie suddenly is in charge of his own destiny. Yeah. And that probably scares the crap out of him. And so that puts a whole, like, control issue in his brain where he's like, I need to control everything around me so that I don't feel like I'm out of control. Right, right. because um, in Fire and Water, we kind of get the evidence that they've probably lived together their entire life. Like, when they have that apartment together, mm-hmm. um, they're both rich enough. It's a pretty nice apartment, and they're famous rock stars. They're both rich yeah. enough to get their own apartment, but they don't. And especially in The Moth, at the very beginning, Liam's like, let's start our band. We're finally going to be able to do it. We have a new gig. You are Driveshaft. You are Driveshaft. And the thing that drives Charlie to start the drugs is when Liam gets so all up in his his brain by saying, I am Driveshaft. You're nothing. No one cares who the bass player is. And yet in Fire and Water, we see him. And this is like way in the future, even. Charlie's the one who's trying to write the songs. Charlie's the one who's written the songs. Charlie's the one who, uh, you know, Liam was right the first time. Charlie is Driveshaft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Heck, um, Liam. Yeah, Liam. But Liam was always the one in control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on from Charlie. I don't really have a question about this next one. I just want to talk about Desmond. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah, cool. That's that's a good top that's a good talking point. I love that topic. But before we start, actually, I think Brittany found some more of her original live tweets on her live journal. Yeah, I love did that. Okay, I did, but they're like live posts from the later seasons. So oh, okay. So maybe uh, I'm gonna oh, save them for the spoiler, spoiler section. Area. Okay, okay. Dang flabbit. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just watch the, all of them now. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately right now. (laughs) So, okay. So Desmond, um, how about that first reveal beginning of season two? One of the best season openers of all time, in my opinion. Of all time, for sure. Oof. It blew my mind. I don't know if you guys- um... Which The Good Place recently just knocked off, right? Yeah. I think you all watched The Good Place, but I didn't realize this until I listened to The Good Place podcast, but like they did an episode this season and like there's an opening that's very similar, but like I didn't realize they were deliberately like mimicking this episode. OMG, is there really? Yes, it's like almost shot for shot like mimics. There's so yeah. much lost stuff in, in The Good Place. So much of it's it. It's so good. Oof, I need to go rewatch The Good Place. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Um, yeah, I love Desmond. I will like, I, I it's weird because I came into the show like kind of like not prepared to hate, but like very um, apprehensive about liking both Desmond right. and Juliet because like I'm not like a super fan of either the actors like some of my friends are. And then I was just like, oh, you are my fair. faves now by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's totally fair. Because <laughs> I, I don't love Kane that much, but God, I love Desmond. I think we've also mentioned this on the regular part of the podcast, so I'm just going to say it, um, that Desmond does come back at the end of the season. But he was originally going to just like have left in like 203 or whenever he left. What? Where was he going to go? And, and that was just going to be the end of him. Yeah, like, where was he supposed to be? So much of the story for the next, like, four seasons, like, requires him. Literally, the season two finale is Desmond flashbacks. So it's like, yeah. I don't know where they were planning on going without Desmond. But, of course, uh, people like him and, like, a new character we're getting this season was supposed to, like, just be there for, like, a little bit of a guest star thing. And, and they just brought them back, which is... Uh, a thing that happens a lot in... Do they bring him back because, like, mm-hmm. fans love them or because the writers loved him or, like... Right, and, and they just find him so much more interesting than they were even preparing for when they wrote him. Like, when when they see who, like, what Michael Emerson 
later this season Ugh. brings to the character that oh, they boy. give him, who was just supposed to be a guest star in season two. Like, I can't imagine Lost without him. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, how do you let him go when you've got him? You know, uh, yeah. Michael Emerson ends up winning an Emmy for this show. Like, when like, you think about Lost, you think about Michael Emerson, you think about Desmond, like, you think yeah. about these characters that weren't around. Well, like, I can't, like, what's the... I don't know the da- the constant like that's literally one of my favorite yeah. yep. time of, of TV yes, of yeah. all time now like yeah I can't imagine I don't want lost without that yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. like I don't want we were getting through season one and I was like this is torture I want my favorite characters yeah and they don't come around <laughs> for ages yeah I mean yeah. season two yeah yeah once you know what's coming you're like I want it all now yeah uh, do you guys have any other Desmond thoughts before we move o- move on to the next thought. I mean, I think it's, like, my impressions of Desmond based purely on the very first time we meet him in the beginning with, like, the hatch and, like, his crazy feral eyes. We don't know anything about him. I was just, like, so wrong about everything, (laughs) about who he is and, like, his story arc. Yeah, they played it so well. Yeah, Yeah, he is so fascinating from, like, the very first shots we get of him. Like, we don't even see his face. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, they just, they set him up so wonderfully and like he's just the most intriguing and perplexing character and i love that yes like i want to know more about him immediately yes one of my favorite desmond scenes isn't even it's like in his first episode but it isn't even on the island it's when um he's with jack and in the stadium in the stadium and he's like is such a good foil to Jack in that moment. Jack is saying, yes, and, and it's yes, and it's yes. the same thing that um, Jack has also had a conversation with Locke about this early season one when he's like, I'm going crazy. And Locke says, what if you aren't? And he's like, no, I am because this reason, this reason. And he's like, okay, well, let's say you aren't, then what? You know, and he has the same conversation with Desmond, like, oh, I didn't fix Sarah. What if you did? But I didn't. I don't believe in miracles, you know, and and yeah, they're so interesting. Yeah, and there are some really interesting, like, sort of parallels, I guess, between uh, Desmond Locke and Mr. Echo. Yeah. Like, they're, like, the core, like, faithful bunch, and, like, it's so interesting yes. to think about, like, how they overlap, and also, like, how they're incredibly different from each other, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, they're just, uh, they're all so fascinating. Yep. Agreed. Anytime anyone, like, comes at Jack and challenges, like, his hard lines and, like, black and white views, I'm mm. just like, yes, this is yeah. what I want. <laughs> Please read him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think we probably talked a little bit about this already, but what do you guys find is different so far about season two over season one? Other than the location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, like, new characters. All the mm-hmm. new characters. I think it's just a different, like, vibe overall, too. Like, you can definitely see them sliding more to the, like, they get even harder sci-fi, like, in later seasons. But, like, you can see it getting closer to that. It becomes much less Survivor, I think, right. in season two and four. Yeah, I noted that, too. I noticed that there's, like, a... You can kind of sense the build toward learning about the mythology of the island and everything it becomes a lot more like Mm -hmm. um invested in that part of the story and i think part of that too is also due to the fact that there's like a much stronger kind of emphasis on like the idea of science versus faith and like characters kind of Mm -hmm. like either being like firmly on one side or like you have some characters that float in the middle all the time. And I think that's just like a 
like resonating theme throughout like every single episode of the season and like it becomes much more like hardwired into like the heart of the show I feel like Mm -hmm. and yeah I think that's like super fascinating and I think that really separates it from season one because with that you also kind of have like the lines of who's right and who's wrong blurred a lot and yeah I think they're just like it's a much more like gray area with all the characters and their choices and everything and i think that's really fascinating uh hey kim yes who's your favorite taylee um it would probably be mr echo tell me why uh-huh, uh-huh. um oh god uh, i mean i don't know and like he's just so interesting he's a man of mystery like everything about him i love his flashback episodes i like he he made me like Locke more mm. like anyone that can make me like the characters that i don't like that much because <laughs> like especially in early seasons like i didn't really care for Locke or jack or sawyer but then like all these other characters came around like echo and kate and then later on juliet like they made me like those characters that's cool i think he's also one of those people who's like trying to be a good man but like yeah. can't hey casey hey robin who's your favorite taylee <laughs> hands down without a doubt oh my god Anna lucia tell me why yes. <laughs> um well in my notes here i just have i just really love by icon Anna lucia <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though 100 percent, 100 percent by like the fact that she spoiler alert is not canonically by is the biggest yeah. lie television has ever told <laughs> I disagree, and this is why she at one point says they're both hot in reference to Jack and Kate. And I'm like, I see you. We out here. Bisexuals. That, oh, yes. That's fair. I like that. Casey, did you have any other thoughts on why Anna Lucia is your favorite, Taylee? Oh, gosh. Um, I could just talk about her forever. I just think she is unlike any other character we've seen yet. And she's so, ah, she's so complex. And there's just like so much depth to her. And oh, I just, I love her. And I love the like tension that she adds to every story. And mm-hmm. I think she's just really great and really pretty. Yeah. So. one have you seen her casey about every girl ever yeah i mean yes (laughs) she's not wrong have you seen her absolutely accurate that's valid like her in a tank top hey britney hey Brittany. hey robin who's your favorite taylee um i'm also gonna go with anna lucia why but second bernard that's my mom (laughs) bernard is my number one yeah oh yeah i kind of forget that he's one of the taylees that's why i was like like, Casey made my point with Anna Lucia, so I'm going to make, like, the case for Bernard, which is, he's soft, he's adorable, he's actually really freaking smart, and he just loves his wife so much. He just uh, loves his wife so, so much. He's so in love. Yeah. He gets a little like, problematic at times with his love. And he's a dentist. And we don't get to see men like that a lot. So, like, Lost did a lot for, like, writing more, like, progressive men. Like, <gasps> yeah. men like, you know, like, men like yes. Saeed, men like Bernard, like, men that are far more interesting oh my god i totally i totally meant to bring that up in some of my um differences between season one and season two question um i squeezed it in at the bottom though so like that's why i didn't pay attention to it but (laughs) yes there's like like you get it in season one but season two oh my god there are so many men who cry and like are vulnerable Mm -hmm. and i love that like oh god the most beautiful scene is that scene when michael and sawyer are on the raft and it's like morning yes michael is just bawling and like sawyer just he he doesn't like antagonize him for it he doesn't make a 
He doesn't make a witty comment, even though he absolutely could. He's just like, he's just like there in the moment. And it's just like, so ugh, like gut wrenchingly human and yep. like raw. And it's too like, men like two burly men i don't know if i'd call michael burly um, <laughs> but yeah but they're like, mas- but like masculine men yeah yes yeah. these two men who are just like differently like super masculine but just like super masculine and oh you just have like one of them bawling their eyes out and the other one like there to like he doesn't uh console him but like he he doesn't like make a thing of it you know and it's oh God, I just, I love that. He lets him process it in the way that is the most healthy, which is, I have to get these emotions out, and I need you to not judge me for it. Right. Yes. Well, like, he also just, like, lets Michael, like, get, like, he's, it's not his fault what happens, but, like, Michael is initially angry at Sawyer, and Sawyer, like, kind of takes it. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what he needs to do. Like, he knows he's upset, because, like, then they, then Michael, like, apologizes later, and it's just like, oh, my babies. And, like, the fact that that is a purposeful choice of the writers, Mm -hmm. like, the, the writers thought that deeply about the human relationships and like how those emotions were going to play out that like if you say yeah I think Sawyer took on that guilt it's because they know that Sawyer was taking on that guilt it's not you reading too much into the show right. it's the show respecting you enough to be able to find these complexities by yourself yeah and later in the season or in the series like we know that Sawyer doesn't let this go like this is something that that no he feels responsible for a long time yeah it's something that that sticks with him for a really long time and in the same vein of great scenes where boys are allowed to cry um the season one finale in which sawyer finally tells jack uh, that he saw his father oh, in yes. um in sydney and that his father wanted wanted to oh, that, uh, that christian wanted to call him and tell him that he was sorry and that he was proud of him but never got a chance to yeah mm-hmm. one of the best scenes of this show Oof. i'm like a little like i'm trying to cry a little don't do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah like, that's like that's what's the jeers are coming on oh that's what's so amazing about this show is they made so many things okay that like other shows that were on at the time were saying we're not okay. Like yeah. comedies that were making fun of like men who cried. And it was like shows like Lost and shows like Battlestar were like <laughs> fine with like men having a full range of emotion in the say that they were in the same vein that it was fine with having a woman who was so hard like yes. on Lucia, you know? Yes. Like the complexity that she and Juliet have where like they're not overly and Kate even where it's like yeah. sometimes it's hard to like you and that means they're doing a good job. Well yeah. even like even like Sun like she's not like this China doll fragile thing like she mm-hmm. can take care of herself and like she does at certain points like she sticks up for herself like when she claps back at her mom I'm just like yes girl like yes. you don't need to get married like you're your own woman mm-hmm. exactly yeah. that's oh, another yeah. person Jin they let Jin cry too Jin is so sorry for the way that he's treated son yep and 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 he's allowed to cry will somebody ask me who my favorite Taylor is I was, I was literally going oh, great. to do that please okay. yes. Robin Robin who's your favorite Taylor I'm gonna Wait, can I guess? Can I guess before you say? Oh, yeah. Sure. Is yeah. it the rat face guy whose name I can't remember? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, what? Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> no, just because he's from Canada. No, I don't, because he's just like the smallest, most tangential one. So I was like, maybe it's probably oh, yeah. that okay. one. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's a fair, fair point, actually. <laughs> so my number one is Bernard. We've yes. already talked a little bit about Bernard, though, so I'm going to talk about my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk about Bernard real quick. The 
the scene where we learn where we meet Bernard for the first time where he goes over and asks whether Rose is oh. um, alive or not is like one of my favorite episode endings of all time and um, I cry every time I see it. Thank you. Good. I cried. Yes, 100%. But my number two is the one of the only people who we haven't mentioned yet other than Cindy is, uh, I'd like to talk about Libby, please. Libby. Oh, Libby. So, um. Oh my uh, God, breaking news. Mm? Scott followed me back on Twitter. Okay. No! <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> oh, Libby. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so Libby, of course, we haven't really seen, we're seeing the beginnings of her relationship with Hurley. We're not going to... Uh, we haven't seen all of it yet, but um, yeah, I think that Libby and Libby's so interesting too because later this season also we get another kind of twist about Libby that mm-hmm. we're kind of like, okay, now I have more questions. So it's I, like I will say I think it's one of the few things like they didn't totally deliver on over the series. It's agree. Like one nitpick mystery, like I wanted a little bit more background on her. Yeah, agree. Um, but I think that and and we've talked a lot about this with Sarah on our 207 podcast about mm-hmm. how we feel about Libby, what the real theories about her are, whether or not... And of course, if you're listening to this now without having seen the rest of season two, you might be like, I don't understand why this is a question. But a lot of... A main question that I have about her is whether or not she's lying about what career she's... Ha- yeah. what, what career she yeah. actually yeah. had. But, but I think that Libby ultimately is just kind of a really soft person who... Mm-hmm. And who... What we... She's just a person that we kind, of, we kind of just need her in yeah. this moment. Is she's just like a nice person who's doing her best, who who just wants to survive this ordeal just like everybody else does. Yeah, which right. is what makes her a perfect like compliment to Hurley. Yeah, because they yeah. have that same energy while being different enough to sort of m- help each other grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to and have a have a r- romance that's kind of just like really sweet and brings you back to you know your middle school days where you're like, ah, what's going on there? You know, it's like it's innocent. It's so cute. So innocent, exactly. Yeah, and like neither, that's interesting, neither Libby nor Hurley are really like hardened by the experiences they've had. Like, they haven't become these closed off people. They haven't become like resentful or bitter about like their life circumstances or their like whatever they're going through or anything like that just like they're just so soft and like ugh, they're they're like a breath of fresh air where they're just like they're happy to be alive in this moment and they just want to like keep staying alive for as long as possible and like you know enjoy life while you can oh yeah they're so soft i will say like he's not a favorite but like smallest tiny honorable mention goes to goodwin because like one <laughs> oh, yeah. like goodwin uh, he ha- he jokes like about how like Anne Lucia is like his Jack basically of the Tailies and like she's the Jack I wish we could have had. But um like in the very first like I think Tailies episode with Goodwin and Anna, I'm like they have some chemistry. They have more chemistry I think than yeah. Jack and Kate did in season one. But like no shade, a little shade. Um but yeah, also just like I truly did not see the twist coming. I like feel like looking at my Twitter. I was like, I was a hundred percent certain that Nathan was the rat. Yeah. So I mean, um, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Goodwin can just like pick a lady, and he has chemistry yeah. with her. <laughs> Which is like more to say to the ladies on the show, because like Goodwin's not like you know, but still. Yeah, we'll see him again. We'll be seeing him again. I have an sure. attachment to Goodwin because that actor played such an important role on Person of Interest. He was on like, Make It or Break It. He was a dad. He was like a good he? guy. Yeah. Oh my god, that's where I know him from. I was trying to figure it out. Yes, I was watching. I was like, oh what do god. I know him from? Make it or break it, you guys. <laughs> Uh, Me, person of interest. You? Yeah, but make it or break it. <laughs> gymnast. Come on, Brittany, gymnast. Group beautiful girls Sorry, and guys. leotards. Like, what more do you want? Honestly, not a lot. Exactly. 
Yeah. Okay, next question. How do you guys feel about the hatch? I think that one of the Oof. main cool things about um, the world building on this show is the introduction of the Dharma Initiative. Uh-huh, yes. uh-huh, uh-huh. Hard agree. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that, oh my god, like, I'm, this is, like, aside from Skate, my OTP, um, this is, like, the most interesting, like, point of the story, like, so far. Oh my god, I'm so interested in, like, the whole history of the Dharma Initiative, Mm -hmm. and, like, its connection to the island, and, like, all the science-y stuff, and I'm so excited to, like, learn more about it, and I think the introduction of the hatch was, like, chef's kiss beautiful and so interesting and like i mean i can't speak for the people who like were watching it live and like were waiting all these months and like it was the whole thing like what's in the hatch what's in the hatch like blah 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 like i wasn't there for all of that but and like i also knew what was in the hatch going into it Uh, not like certainly but also i I mean definitely knew that it was gonna be desmond because see i didn't know (laughs) britney is not subtle (laughs) yeah whoops um listen i'm sorry he's just so handsome i know See, i didn't I know. know i didn't know what was in the hatch and i oh also like, i knew that like because i lived in the world when lost was on i wasn't like a child like an infant but, like i knew dharma was a thing but i didn't know what it was yeah. i didn't know that dharma really right. had anything to do with the hatch but like yeah the hatch changes everything like it it sets like almost every single character's path like on a different way. It's so interesting. Yeah. And that blew my mind when you were watching it, Kim, because I asked Robin, I was like, because I asked her both times, does Casey know it's in the hatch and does Kim know it's in the hatch? And when she said Kim doesn't, I was like, what? What? I didn't know. I didn't know how Desmond became to be where he is. I didn't know anything about his backstory. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I knew, I knew he was in the hatch, but I didn't know what the, like, circumstances that got him there, why he was in there, how he mm-hmm. got there. I didn't know if he was alone. I was kind of wondering if it was going to be, like, sort of in the style of The 100, where, like, you have this whole, like, bunker of people, and, like, right. maybe they're all, like, they're running out of, like, living supplies or whatever, and, like, Locke comes in at the lot, the final hour with this dynamite and, like, saves the world or something. I don't know. I had no idea what was going to happen, but I was not disappointed. I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. And, like, Kim, you're old like I am. So you remember (laughs) the phenomenon of Lost at the time. Do you remember, like, everyone sort of in the media talking about, like, what's in the hatch? Like, do you remember the phenomenon around Lost? Yes, 100%. Like, I didn't watch it. Like, that's all people talked about. I was like, what's the smoke monster? What's in the hatch? What's like this? And, like, I was like... Exactly! I was like, oh, apparently Lost is just nothing but mysteries and no answers! Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it for a while, because I was like, this seems stupid. Like, everyone just seems confused all the time, and they won't shut up about how confused they are. Yeah, it seems... And I was like, well, why would I want to watch that? Like, not that, like, there isn't a ton of action and adventure in Lost, but, like, my impression from, like, what I heard around me when it was on was, like, that it was, like, all action adventure. And, like, there's so much more emotional, like, family. Like, the the show is way more about the characters than it is the mystery. But, like, the show is a mystery. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not, like... That was absolutely what ABC advertised it as at the time, which is, like, this big mystery. Everyone was unspooling all of the mysteries, and they kind of forgot to emphasize, like, the incredible characters. Yeah. So when I started watching the show, I was like, holy shit, not only is this beautifully paced, and I will maintain to this day it's one of the best paced shows, Mm -hmm. Uh um, but the mysteries are not all in your face. They're not thrown at you at once. You're not confused all the time. No. Basically, it's not Westworld. No. Yeah. I mean, like, I binged <laughs> like, it, so I did watch it really fast, but, like, even binging it, like, I feel like 
you get the answers to like some stuff it does take a long time but like you forget that they were mysteries so it doesn't feel like a long time like the ones yeah. that are like they're present in your mind they do a pretty good job of like giving you answers or at least giving you hints like at a regular enough pace that you're not getting frustrated yeah yeah and then when you get the answers to some stuff you're like oh my god i forgot my mind is blown right now i'm just really happy to have this answer i didn't even know i wanted right yeah they're so subtle about it and like when you get it it gives you like a million more questions and you're like but like you get questions exactly and you're happy to have more questions like it just only makes you want to keep watching yeah it doesn't make you want to pull your hair out no like you're like oh great like i love having this answer and i love this question and i'm really having a good time watching that and that's actually such a rare experience with television these days is I'm enjoying myself while watching this. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember, like, being like, what's in the hatch, what's in the hatch? And then once we open it, like, we, like, I'm like, well, how did, this, like, how did all this get here? When did it get here? What's this computer? Do I believe what Desmond said? Who told him what, like, how the computer works? Mm-hmm. And, like, and that wasn't, like, me being like, oh, cool, another million questions I don't have an answer to. It was, like, I can't wait to, like, find out and, like, headcanon and, like, guess, in a way, I mean. Yeah. Usually, mm-hmm. I, I usually am, like super into spoilers i'm really bad about like reading spoilers for things like as i'm watching it but i tried to avoid them as much as i could with lost and like i'm really glad i did i made a good decision final question for this um ha- uh, half of the pod uh would you press the button 100 yeah. percent. Yes. oh i forgot about this question yeah i would shoot yes yeah i'd be i definitely uh. i think i would i'd be too afraid of unknown consequences yeah yes yes um i feel like i would sleep through the alarm to be honest (laughs) but then everything starts shaking well then i would wake up obviously (laughs) yeah Um, like if you do the math on how little sleep desmond is getting like he like how is he not totally insane yeah that is my question how does he sleep slash does he slash I feel like... In 100-minute increments? How does he have the energy to work out? I sleep, like, Oof. 10 hours a day, and I'm not getting on, like, a stationary bike. Right, because in um in the finale, and also it's mentioned in the orientation film, so I can talk about this, um, is that we know that there are supposed to be two people down there at one, uh, at one right. time. Desmond mentions to Locke that he did have a partner and stuff, and it's like, you're not supposed to be doing this by yourself. But I, I do not. feel like I probably would try not to <gasps> or... press the button, and then when scary things started happening, Happening, I'd probably press it. Oh my god, maybe his partner was meant to die, and that was part of the whole experiment. Bum bum bum. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. No. no, that's a stupid theory that I know is wrong. <laughs> I'm like looking at Rob with like a knowing look, like so she's she's. I know, saying I'm like just she's in the realm. Don't. <laughs> we- I was messaging Robin the other day with some big theory about, um... (laughs) Oh my god, it was so funny. What was it? I love it. It, It's about the future character coming in this season, and (laughs) I had this whole theory about, like, his character that I realized was completely inaccurate because... Please reveal. (laughs) I, like... Yeah, there's not a non-spoilery, spo- spoily, spoilery <laughs> way for me to like discuss what it was exactly. Yeah, we'll talk about it real quick at it uh, in the spoiler section. Okay, sweet. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything else that you guys? It was a low point. <laughs> want to um, Girl, talk about before we move on to spoilers? Um, I didn't say it earlier, but like, I also really love Anna Lucia and Saeed. Like all of their stuff together. I think it yeah. comes in that second half of season two, not the first half, but still. There's a little bit in the first half. One more reason to love Ana yeah. It's just like, yep, she's the best. Yeah, her, yeah, that, the tension she has with Saeed is like, 
beautiful and like so fascinating. And it's like I'm into this. Mm-hmm. Well, like I uh, she, I re- I talked about how like she reminds me of a character from another show I love, Orphan Black, like Sarah Manning. Yes, she's like one of those people who like the more things spin out of control around her, the more she tries to like get grab a hold and control things, which only causes things to further spin out of control. And mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, girl, <laughs> take a breath, yeah. let things happen around you for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for our next segment. <laughs> oh my god, I actually dare you to do it. <clears throat> Stay tuned for our next segment. Well, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it with a straight face. I got it, but it's okay. We'll be talking about Lost in the context of the rest of the show. Uh, please be aware this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. That's like half a warning. That's pretty good. You know what? That's enough. Yeah, good, good enough. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. <laughs> Are we just going to go with this? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Robin's part. Yeah, we have to do that. We have to do the outro and then we do the spoiler section. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. okay. Continue. (laughs) Music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's in the description and it's just perpetually open. And you can just tell us about some things that you like about the podcast, some things that you don't like about the podcast, things that we could work on. Please and thank you. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Um, We covered seasons four or five, but we're going to be covering season six and the trailer whenever that show happens yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. if you're a fan of riverdale which we inexplicably are i don't know why <laughs> but it's the most interesting garbage i've ever seen in my life that's exactly oh my god that's me as a person interesting yeah. garbage yeah uh we like to talk about that show too we talked about uh season one season two we're in the middle of season three we're almost at the 50th episode of riverdale which means we've done 50 episodes i know we've done 50 Riverdale episodes it's ridiculous um 50 yeah i'm tired i know um and we also cover the chilling adventures of sabrina on that feed so if you're looking for that that's also there and if you're mm-hmm. a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show. We actually really enjoy talking about that show. Yes, and oh my God. it's brand the new. Stranger Things podcast is so good. Hey! Oh, thank you. Thank you. Completely unbiased opinion. It's so good. <laughs> um, we just started it. By the, the last time we talked to you, actually, it wasn't out yet. It is out now. It's on iTunes. So if you want to check it out, you can search Aficionados. It'll probably come up. Nice. Yeah. Um, you can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. I do work really hard on our Tumblr though, so please follow us. <laughs> oh, I just ordered um stickers from Redbubble. I ordered aficionado stickers. I knew it was I you. I knew, it, knew was it was you. you. Oh, you you could see my purchase? No, I just knew it was you. Like she guessed well, it. She was I like, guessed. They, like it was a mystery to us for about a day. We were like, who ordered Aficionado stickers? Because <laughs> Casey's like the president of the Aficionado Honestly, yeah. Yeah. that is my and title. Then, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the official Astistinado. Astistinado. <laughs> Both of us were baffled because we were like, yeah. We were like, why did she buy stickers? Like, we decorate her in free ones every time we, we have see so her. many. Well, see, the problem is that, so, like, I ordered a new one to put on my phone case because the one from Unity Days is all sorts of messed up. And then the other ones, I stuck them, like, in my, like, travel, like, toiletry bag. So they got all, like, damp and Make gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ew. Um, so yeah, we ordered some fresh new ones from uh, Redbubble, and they already oh, shipped. Wow. And I got like a huge discount because Redbubble always has sales. Yeah. Yes. I'm getting a t-shirt. An Aficionados t-shirt? Yes. Oh, we're going to make one better. We'll, we'll make a better one. Oh, crap. Now that I know you're getting a t-shirt, I'm like, I'm going to design you a better t-shirt. Yeah, we'll, hey, we'll Kobe. do a better one. <laughs> Kobe, really quickly, do you want to stop what you're doing before yeah, you please. knock over your cousin's water bottle? Get Thank you. Get away from here. <laughs>
Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. Because I'm a patron. Hosting fees are a lot. Oh, I take Stalin. It's super easy to be a patron, um, and it also helps us the heck out. And a new thing that we do is that you get um, early access to all of our <laughs> early access. Oh my god, I love getting my emails that like early access to the <laughs> Riverdale podcast is up now. Oh my oh, god, I love being a patron. Yeah, so you get. <laughs> Thank you, you get it. uh and you also get you guys should upload like outtakes and stuff too oh my god yeah i have and you get postcards. i have outtakes from um the hundred podcast just on my old computer but i can't access them because the computer's dead yeah but i will start putting up outtakes because we talk about now i just leave all the dumb shit we say in. exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we just leave it in you can follow me personally yes. at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Not Tumblr, though. Not Tumblr. That's no. Faraday with Faraday. two S, <laughs> which is relevant to this oh, podcast. Faraday. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Thank you guys so much for joining us this episode. Thanks, guys. You're so Hi, welcome. welcome. Thank you for finally asking me. <laughs> um, where, can we, made it. where can we find you guys? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Kthro, K-T-H-R-O. It's basically just like cakes and dogs and TV. Love that. That's um, it. You can follow me at Casey Wall. That's C-A-S-E-Y-W-A-H-L. Literally everywhere. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I love how you're the youngest one. LinkedIn, please. Guys, I love LinkedIn so much. It's my new favorite social networking site. You're such a young professional. I love LinkedIn. Please connect with me. Are you actually on LinkedIn? Do you think I'm lying about this? Yes, I actually do think you're lying about this. No, I don't. Go look at my profile. I update it like every single day. And it's also like, (laughs) I'm in like, an online seminar for my internship class at school right now and like one of our unit our units our units is on like making a linkedin page and i'm like i've had a linkedin page for years what are you guys doing i love how you're more on top of it than i am i love linkedin huge you give me a complex i think britney saved britney uh did you add me on linkedin (laughs) yes I have one. I haven't checked it since college. Yeah, I don't use mine. I get emails from LinkedIn. That's like, oh, I have LinkedIn. I'm about to be an unemployed college student. I need every resource I can get. Um, our next episode is episode two (laughs) thirteen. <laughs> Poor Robin. Which is called The Long Con. It's a Sawyer episode, and we're going to be having Jess on for that one. We had her in uh, season one for 108. Uh, she's at You Overcome It on Twitter, so we're excited to have her back. Woohoo! Are you so excited to do the episode, Robin? Yes. <laughs> yes. So what are we doing then? I know. When? What are we doing then? When? Yeah. Uh, we don't have a specific time okay, yet. Sweet. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. bye. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Yay! <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to spoilers section. Oh my god, finally! But not um, super spoily. Mild spoilers, and then once... Right, yeah. not super spoilers. To be clear, this is until the end of season three. We're half so That means we have uh, seen, unfortunately, the death of Charlie, and we you have um, not met our friends on the freighter uh, at all yet. The freighter? So, yeah, yeah, the, the oh, boat. Oh, oh, oh. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, bo- the boat is not boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Okay, uh, go ahead, Casey, and tell us about your big flub that you did a few days ago. <laughs> okay. So, ooh, oh, God, I think I'm so funny. Okay, so I was I was at my internship, actually, and uh, the woman in the cubicle next to me was on the phone with someone named Gail. And so I got started, I got started thinking, and I was like, oh, Henry Gale, what is his story? And then I was like, I immediately texted Robin and I was like, oh my God, Robin, what if Henry Gale was the body of one of the guys that they found in the caves in season one? And before Robin could even respond, I saw the flaw in my reasoning and I was like, what was your initial reasoning? <laughs> I wanted to know, like, where Henry Gale came from. I'm so stupid and literally forgot they they found his wallet on his body, which um <laughs> was nowhere, nowhere near the caves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, then I was like, please re- disregard all these messages. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you were on to something like, there. You just didn't know you were on to something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I love that. You're, right now. I love that you're thinking about this sort of yeah. thing. Like it's a good theory if um we hadn't already seen like, his body how, somewhere like, else. Did you, Casey? Were you um? Sus- did you suspect that Benry wasn't being fully honest oh my God. right away? Or yes. Yeah. Uh, Robin would text okay. me after every episode and be like, "How do you feel about Henry? How do you feel about Henry?" And I was like, "I don't know. He's got shifty what? eyes. That's not it." What? Why are you yelling at me? I was like, did you give the game away too much? No, of course not. I no, said, no. after every episode, you gotta tell me how you feel, because one of the best things about him is that is that it flip-flops every episode. True. You're like, like especially, you know, you think he's sinister for a very long time, and then and then an episode like Lockdown happens, in which he helps Lock. But he could have run thing. away, but he doesn't, you know? And it's like, so how do you feel about that's him? That's what makes you, that's how you know that he's like a con artist, because he's too good like you know what yeah. i mean he's too good at playing people i always had like, like right, he, so the this... way he approaches conversations with jack versus saeed versus like he is playing right. people mm-hmm. i always had like yeah. uneasy vibes about him but i always wanted them mm-hmm. to be wrong and i always thought they were going to be wrong like oh no, no 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 he's fine it's totally chill no yeah. See, i'm just gonna say it like that's a Hufflepuff thing. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, I just want the best in people to be true. I hate seeing the worst and pe- the best in people. Oh my god. Because it's like, you look at Michael Emerson and you're like, you have a face that I want to trust, but you also have a face that I think would, like, con me out of all my money. Mm. That you is know? so accurate. So this actually segues perfectly into the first question I had, which was just, like, what do you guys think really changes when Ben comes in? Like, obviously, Everything. he's like, the... the yeah, he's the the second real other. Well, technically, he's the first real other that we get to actually talk to mm-hmm. because yeah. because Ethan, whenever we talked to him, he wasn't really an other. He was just being like, "Hello, I'm just one of the crew," you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like the whole like he disrupts all the power dynamics of the group. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know what I mean? And like he plays them against each other. Like he knows, like, not only does like he 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 that's the thing, is like he throws a wrench in plans, but like he's like the kind of person who like who will drop something and then run away and then let that f up so like he's out of the blast zone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, fourth, yes, fourth step totally. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's true. how my mom described me as a child. So you just said that and I was like, wow, no wonder I love Ben. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, like that's how he'll have a conversation with Saeed or like he puts a thought into someone's head so that he knows Saeed will now go have a conversation with Jack. And it's just like, 
he does it in a way where like he makes people think things without even them realizing that like he's playing with their minds and their emotions exactly and one of the best examples of that is when um he has like a chat with Locke, being like wow it seems like jack is like way more of a leader than you or whatever and then Locke locks him back into the thing and starts throwing things around the kitchen and you just get that shot of henry being like nice i did what i wanted to do that was what i was gonna bring up which is i think Henry slash Ben slash Benry, as we called Benry. him. Henry. <laughs> he irrevocably, I said that word wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, which one are you trying to say? There's a lot of- Irrevocably? Irre- Irre- Thank you. Okay. Yes. You know how, like, you can see the word being written mm-hmm. in your brain? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he changes everything about Locke. Yeah. Like, he damages Locke. He does so much damage to Locke that I don't think Locke is ever the same again. Mm. Because he, where Locke was so self-assured before- Henry slash Benry puts a seed of doubt in Locke's brain that I think he never had before that. Locke and Ben are so interesting because even, I mean, since we're allowed to talk about season three, there's that one point in which um, uh, Ben ends up in the wheelchair and Locke is ends up Ooh. looking at Ben in the wheelchair yeah. and then it's Ooh. like, wow, look at how much we've switched. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, how the tables. Oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables. Well, the thing too that's like, yes. that like really tells you that Ben is like a force to be reckoned with too. It's like, he's a prisoner and he knows that like, I'm not gonna get out of this with brute force and strength. Like, you know what I mean? He knows how to play yeah. up to his strengths, which is like, I can play with people's minds. Like, my yeah. way out of here is getting them to let me out of their own free will. Ooh. Which is genius because it's exactly like he talks his way out of situations and then of course mm-hmm. we learn later that that power does not extend to every person yeah because there's some people that that doesn't work on no like yeah he he knows you got to divide the group and that's how he comes to be in the place of power which is what he wants because then he's in yeah. control and there's there's somebody later in the series who is finally able to manipulate the manipulator mm-hmm. and Ooh, i love that he's yeah. oh yeah, yeah and he um and he says things like, wow, so cool. On this island where everybody is healed, including Rose, including Locke, like everybody is healed on this island. This island is a special place. You got cancer. Yep. What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Why is like, what happened to you? What did you do to make this happen to you? You know, exactly. and that and then and then that and then Ben finally knows what it's like to be manipulated. Yeah, that messes Ben up. Yeah. In- yep huge ways and even after everyone starts seeing through his plot like um me and casey were just recently watching the season three finale together even after everybody starts seeing through his plot for example when mikhail is like hi you said that greta and bonnie were dead no they weren't dead they were um in canada (laughs) because because whenever they mention canada it's always a lie um (laughs) or something shady of course but um you know even after that even after everyone says, hey, you told us Jacob said this, Ben is still able to be like, you're right, I'm sorry. Even when he gets caught in lies, he somehow still weasels out of it. Exactly. Yep. So, like, even when Mikhail is like, um, you told us that Greta and Bonnie were gone, why would you lie to us? And he's like, Jacob told me to. And so now he's using the yeah. word of Jacob when when we know that Ben's never even freaking talked to Jacob. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the mark of, like, a master liar and, like, a master manipulator. Like, he did not become in a position of power by mistake. Like, it's you see exactly. how it happened. But then mm-hmm. it's really funny when Ben is forced to lie uh, to that degree because it kind of busts him down from, like, his sort of all-seeing master manipulator to slimy man who just wants to avoid responsibility mm-hmm. and uh-huh. consequences. 
Yeah. And I think that's crazy. How can we connect Ben using the word of Jacob when he doesn't even know Jacob, hasn't even met Jacob, hasn't even talked to Jacob, um, and and using the word of Jacob to manipulate people to, like, real-life religion? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I was gonna say, within the context of the show, I think it's much about, it's like the same connection that Locke thinks he has with the island. Mm. The people who are like, this is not how religion's supposed to be, like, you're not supposed to use that as, like, a scapegoat and, like, as a tool of fear and intimidation. Right. Jacob, in, like, real life, God, like, they wouldn't want you to be doing that. No, like, the the human rights violations that the the church commits in the name of oppression, and then they hide behind the Bible, is, it's a perfect example of that, like, uh, the persecution of the gay community, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If you're going to strictly follow the Bible and say, I, like, this is illegal then you have to follow the whole last Bible, mm-hmm. which yeah. is like, you have to not do everything in there. And so when people pick and choose their religions, it's very like parts of the religion that serve them best. That's very much Ben picking and choosing which parts of like Jacob's word he wants to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's like the king of like, he makes these decisions and he's just like, yeah, the ends justify the means, but like, he's not consulting the group to see if the ends justify the means. He's like, the ends justify the means for me. And that's all I care about. Exactly. Like, he's not altruistic at all. Casey, you don't yet know the whole story about Jacob. How do you feel about Jacob? Who do you think he is right now? I'm so heckin' confused. (laughs) (laughs) You have any theories at all? I I think that's, like, why I've been trying to take, like, such a long break between the season three finale and starting season four. Because Mm -hmm. season three ended on a bajillion crazy cliffhangers, and I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to, like find theories to like make sense of them before like just diving in full force i have absolutely no idea i don't think it's a person okay i think it's like a force kind of i don't i don't even know i don't think i don't think it's a person though okay that's fascinating Mm -hmm. i mean there's definitely evidence yeah 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 like there there wasn't a person in the chair exactly right Oh, you've so. seen that. I'm trying to remember what all season three goes. Because I know, like... That's, like, all I've seen, though. Great. Like, is the last episode... Because there's greatest hits, and then... Like, yeah. what happens after Charlie dies? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> oh, um, man. I don't remember because I was crying. Yeah, right. Because I, I watched everything and such. Like, I watched season four right after I watched season three, so... They they call the freighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Locke has been shot by Ben after seeing the cabin. Because Locke hears... Jacob say some words and then Ben gets upset because he's never heard the word of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um and so Ben shoots Locke and then Locke is able to get up because of like a really dope line that he says at the beginning of season 4 that I don't want to say right. because I really want Casey to have to just like hear it in the moment because it's it's so badass. Right. Um but basically they call the freighter and Locke throws a freaking knife into Naomi's back so that she can't call them anymore. Lucky um and Jack calls them anyway uh, because Locke isn't able to shoot Jack to stop right, him. Right. Yeah. So here's a question I have for you guys. Do you think that because like Jacob spoke to Locke and Ben has never heard him. Do you think that La- uh, Ben ever really believed that Jacob was real? Or do you think that like he was just like, I can mm. use this as a tool. It doesn't really matter if it's real or not. I wonder where he first heard about Jake. Actually, yeah. I do. Because, yeah, I because say, hang on. You I heard about he- it from, from Richard. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, 
it seems like Ben was actually kind of a really impressionable kid from when we saw him yeah. in, in The Man yeah. Behind the Curtain. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if... Because here's the thing is that he's willing to kill everyone he's basically ever known for the, the hostage... Or not the hostages, sorry. The hostiles. Um, it's like hard for me to believe that that was like only just because Richard was like, we can't be friends until you kill everybody. You know, like yeah. that he has to have been like, yes, there's a there's another force on this island. His name is Jacob. Um, and Jacob requires you or like whatever to to do this, you know, even if he doesn't believe in Jacob, like he believes in the island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. And like, I think that that is part of like his fanatical actions, shall we say, is like, and that's why he's so heartbroken with the whole lock thing is that he believed and he was not rewarded for believing. Yeah. Right. But that happens and in like the Bible all the time. It's just like, exactly. You don't, you don't get like, I can't think of like, you don't get rewards just for like doing good deeds or like whatever. And like, that's not why you're supposed to do those things. Exactly. You know what I mean, He's just like, I've done everything right, and I've been, like, the good... Like, he does things, and then says, like, I deserve this. And mm-hmm. then he gets mad when he doesn't get it. Which makes perfect sense for him. Oh, yeah, because, 100%. Like, he's, he's so selfish. Like, that's why, like, it, like, kills him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why his arc, like, you know, far beyond what Casey has seen, is so brilliant. Is, yeah. like, mm-hmm. him actually growing as a person. Mm-hmm. He grows? <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, you will... I promise you, you will love him by the end. <laughs> Ooh. Even if you don't, like, love him the way you love some other people, like, you'll be like, I love this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ben Linus is, like, literally when people are like, who's your favorite character on Lost? I'm like, Ben. Yeah. yeah. He's, well, win- he's the one yeah. who wins all of the, like, Rolling Stones best TV villains of all time. He got number one. Yeah. Like, he's a big deal. Because he is because he is the most complex villain. Like, Loki who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's Ben. <laughs> um, Casey, I have a question for you. Um, Bob, I have an answer for you, maybe. What is the deal with Richard not aging? I don't know. (laughs) I would like to know, please. Oh my god. I I don't think anything has perplexed me as much as the fact that, like, Richard doesn't age. And apparently he's the only one who doesn't age, question mark? Right. Like, I thought it was maybe, like, a thing with the island at first. Like, no one on the island ages. But then Robin was like, no, it's just him. And I was like, what do you mean it's just him? Yeah. I'm so confused. I literally have no explanation. So I'm excited to see if there is one. Richard backstory is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series as well. Fully. Yeah. Ooh, fully. It, and it's one of the best, in my opinion. Fully. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, he's so interesting. He's also just so beautiful. Why, no man should have that many eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would now like to transition into Kim's Michael thoughts. Oh, Michael. Obviously, the deaths of Anna Lucia and Libby are the main strikes against Michael. Yeah. Um, so, yes, go ahead, Kim. Look, I'm not, I love that you liked Michael from the very beginning. I, I love that. I'm like, not to absolve him of what he did. What he did was horrible. And, like, hey, man, they gave you a mission. They did not, like, he did not have to kill them. I think it was an accident. I think he feels tremendously guilty for what he did. And, like, not that that makes it okay You're either. Fully, totally. But, like, it was his kid. You know what I mean? Like he yep. he wanted that he wanted to be a dad so bad. He was one of the only good dads in this whole show of horrible parents. And like his stupid like mom baby mama's daddy. Baby what's 
baby mama, baby mama, you know, like she wouldn't let him be a dad. Her name is uh, Susan. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he finally gets the opportunity to be a good dad, and he is being a good dad, and he's connected with Walt, and he's lost that. Like, he's lost the one thing he's wanted for so, so, so long. And, like, he would do anything to take care of Walt, too. Like, of, like I, I get how he gets to this point. You know what I mean? I understand yeah. it. It makes me really sad. I wish that he hadn't killed them, but I don't know. I feel like People don't forgive it. Like, they just hold that grudge forever and ever. And it's just like, well, people have done equally shitty things that we've forgiven. You know what I mean? For, like, less totally. less good reasons. Yeah, like, y'all get let Sawyer get away with that shit. And it's like, just say you're it's, racist and move yes, on. Yes, 100%. Like, yes. Honestly. Like, I have a big beef with the series finale. Because, like, I, yeah. Because I love Michael and I feel like he deserves, like, he was a good person. Like, one horrible thing that he did, not to minimize what happened, but, like, should not determine his worth as a person. I feel like outside of this, like, in a vacuum, what he did was horrible, but outside of that, he was a good person. He did so many good things for other people, and he always had good intentions. I don't think that killing and I think that was a nail in the coffin, but I don't think that killing Anna Lucia and Libby was the reason why he was condemned the way he was. What do you but think, I think it was? A conversation for later. Well, I cannot say. Okay, but I would love to talk about it very soon because I would love to know because I probably have. I would. I will defend him further. <laughs> I want. I want to hear. I want to hear about that. I mean, so I'm going to write that down so we don't forget about it. He's a human. Like people are complicated. Like. People do things that you, that you don't like. like, but so does everyone else. Like, I just wonder why people Welcome get to life. Like, why do people get? Once some people get past this, and he doesn't. And it makes me mad. He's the I, only good dad on this show. And it's like, it's like we know why. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I didn't like hate Michael after that. I mean, like, and Ana Lucia was my bae. Like, yeah, freaking in love with her, bawled my eyes out afterward. <laughs> and also, Robin has my reaction on video. Um, yeah, yes, she does. I felt so sad for Hurley. But even, like, after all of that, like, I still didn't hate Michael. I was like, this is literally just a desperate man trying to get his son back at any yeah. cost. Yeah. And there's no logic to a parent's distress. Like, oh, yeah. no. that's the whole point. Yeah. Is, like, it's it's innately human. Well, like, if you want something so badly, like, he fault like, when they get him with the computer, the entire time I'm like, oh, no, baby, this is a trap. Like, it's so obviously yep. a trap. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. if your kid was missing, you would want so badly to believe it was true. You know what I mean? And, like, you yeah. couldn't take the risk that maybe maybe it's not a trap. And then you didn't do everything you could have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also just, like, all of that falls in line with, like, his earlier arc, too. With, like, the stuff in the beginning of season two where it's just, like, they are throwing everything against him, like, as evidence of him, like, not being a good dad and against his character. But, like, that's all out of context. It's like, yeah, I don't know, know his favorite food. I don't know his first words. But, like, because you re- didn't let me. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, that was not his choice. Yeah, that, that episode is heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 So I want definitely want to talk about Michael in a little bit, but uh, before then, how do you guys feel about um, the way the hatch goes slash Locke's transformation throughout the season? He really he really makes a flip at the end of season two. Yeah. Um, question mark episode is one of my favorite Locke episodes of all time. Oh yeah. If not one of my favorite of the series, like him and Mister Echo, like that was one of the like oh one of the best scenes. I think some of his best work. Yeah. yeah, the moment where he switches from being like, we have to press the button, we have to press the button. Jack, I want you to be the one to press the button. Like, especially, like, that moment where Jack says, 
or Locke says, why do you find it so hard to believe? Why do you, why find, do you find it so, it so easy? easy? Yes. Oh, iconic. It's never been easy. You know, it's, it's, and he's been like, you have to be the one to press the button, Jack, at the beginning of the season. And at the end, he's just like, we're literally locking people out because Echo, we're not pressing the button anymore. And it goes to crap. It's like, and it's like, I'm, I'm really excited to discuss that flip. It's a whole thing with like, cri- it's like a crisis of like, this is what faith is. Yep. And like him realizing that it's like, you believing is not because you have the evidence, like you believe it because you believe it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's what faith is. And like, he has this, he's believed his whole life and then has this crisis of faith. And now he's like, well, now I need to test it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I think Ben plays such a huge role in Locke's psyche is like, that kernel of doubt, I think, gets planted by Ben and then just grows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And so, like, mm-hmm. that drives Locke to, like, where he ends up, which is, I have to have hard proof of something because otherwise, mm-hmm. what value do I have? Right. Well, whereas he didn't have that before. Like, he's like, oh, I just believe because that's what I do. Yeah. And then someone's like, well, why? And I question him. And then he's like, oh, I don't really have a reason, do I? Huh. Yeah, well, exactly. Excuse me while I have a mental breakdown. You're yeah. like, well, I've never questioned that before. My problem with Locke is, like, not that, like, you can be a man of faith or you do not be a man of faith. That's great. But, like, it. my issue is when you start imposing that and forcing that on the characters around you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're locking people out and putting other people in danger, that's a problem, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack does the same thing, though. I, to be fair, I don't let Jack get away with that shit either, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, you can believe what you want to believe, but, like, don't. Don't bring me into it. Exactly. Like, don't force it on other people, especially, like, when it's literally life and death. Mm-hmm. Li- yeah, literally life and death. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to discuss before we got into the anything past season three? Like, Casey, is there any notes that you had that you didn't get to? Um, let me look <laughs> I can hear the here. I really love by icon on Lucia. Charlie, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, I have skate with a bunch of hearts. Oh my god. <laughs> Season three skate makes me feel all oh my god. sorts of things. It's the best. It's the it's best thing. The getting best. Oh, oof. Oh god. If anyone wants to talk about season three skate with me for like five hours, I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> What's your favorite skate moment so far? Ooh, Ooh yeah, question. Good, good question. question. Oh, I'm crying. Great question. Oh my god. Oh, I was not prepared for My that. biggest ship has not happened yet, so. Yeah, same. Oh, my God. 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 If I have to choose out of the Jack, Kate, um, tri- Sawyer Triangle, I would go skate, but they're still not the main ship. That's still, like, what's Agreed. your favorite yeah. skate oh, moment? my favorite skate moment. Oh, it's such a toss-up between um all of them. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> immediately. Okay, really love uh when skate uh, when skate when kate plays um like his uh physical therapist that's a (laughs) yes good time for me um also oh god just them in the cages oh god the tension um kate uh crying i'll do anything please don't hurt him oh god and then like stroking his forehead oh my god oh God, I feel all the feels. And then um, obviously there are passionate moments uh, in Sawyer's cage. Um, <laughs> and also their reunion when, when is their reunion? Their season three reunion where- uh, it's at, Yeah, it's after um, they come back with Jack, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where I texted Robin and I was like, where's me skate reunion? Yeah. 
Anytime Sawyer's oh, like doing that thing where he's like, I'm going to be a dick on purpose so I can make you not like me because then you won't be hurt if something happens to me. I'm just like, be less obvious. Also, you love her yeah. so much. And like, she's a yeah. big girl. You don't need to protect her. <laughs> he is so in love with her. Ugh, he's um, so in love with her. I know that this question wasn't for me, but I would like to tell you what my favorite skate moment is. Please. <laughs> oh, um, wait, wait, wait. Hey. Oh, yeah. Robin? Yes. What's your favorite skate moment? <laughs> oh, thanks for asking. Um, my favorite skate moment of all time is in the Glass Ballerina. It's 302. It's, like, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes of all time. I think it was, like, number two or three on my list mm-hmm. now. Actually, maybe number one. I don't know. Just because of all you the good skate You made it number one the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. It's at number one because I redid my top ten. Yeah. I don't know what my top And it's is. so good. First of all, the flashbacks are Sun and Jin flashbacks, and they are so good uh, and dramatic and suspenseful. Thank you. Is that the one where he's like a doorman? No, it's the one where um where they're already married and she's getting she's having an affair with Jai Lee. Oh, yeah. And then and then her dad finds out, and then he tells Jin to go beat up Jai Lee. And so Jin thinks he's just beating up Jai Lee because her dad asked. And Jai Lee thinks he's being beat up because oh, he's sleeping affair. with his wife. And then he like chooses not to kill Jai Lee because yeah. he's like, I'm just here doing a job and I don't actually want to kill anybody, even though he, he was told to. And then Jai Lee jumps out of the building oh. and lands on his actual car, oh. thinking that that Jin found out about his affair when he super didn't. It's so crazy. All the Jin and Sun flashbacks are like gold. So true. Um, but the skate moments in that episode also make it really incredible. It's when um, they are working on the uh, runway and um, there's the moment where they're trying to get them to work and Kate says, what, you want me to work in this dress? And Danny Pickett says, you can take it off if you want. And Sawyer's like, haha, yeah. And then Kate's like, what? And she's, he's like, I mean, actually, how dare you? What's Literally. wrong with you, actually? Um, and then later when they're working, he goes over and, like, kisses her for no reason. And then he, like, gets in trouble for it. Oh, but then yeah. in the, and then in the cages, he says, you taste like strawberries. She says, you taste like fish, fish biscuits. That's a good um, one. Yeah, thanks. That's my <laughs> that's favorite. Uh, I love love. So that's my favorite uh, skate moment slash episode slash episode of all time. Thanks. That was wholesome. Mm-hmm. Such you taste like strawberries. That is. That's very wholesome of you. That's like a, like in a vacuum. That's a romantic comedy, like. Netflix special yeah. moment. Um, That's cute. Great. That's cute. Okay. Well, Casey, would you take off your headphones and walk away for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, love you. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so... So, Suliet. So, Suliet. Oh, my God. My heart. What are your guys' favorite Suliet moments? We could go Dutch. Um, my favorite moment is literally when he comes um, swimming out of the water, and then the, she's drinking the, the bottle of yeah, alcohol, yeah. and he's like, is that our boat? And she's like, it was. And, like, it's kind of a romantic moment, but I'm just, like, immediately, like, the chemistry. Exactly. <laughs> so good. See, my my favorite skate moment is actually, because I was such a big... Or, sorry, Suliet moment, sorry. I have... Suliet. Um, because I was such a big shipper of skate, <laughs> it's actually not even, like... Also, like you, Kim, it's not even when they're, like, actually together back in, like, in season five in 1977. It's actually um, before they even get together at all. It's in the season three finale when they're walking towards the beach. And Sawyer says, are you screwing Jack yet? And she says, no, are you? Yes! Are you? Oh, I love her! She's such an icon! (laughs) It's good. Her, like, she, like, throws lines all, like, through that whole arc. I'm just like, this girl is just here with all the drama. Yeah, and he's like, what are you even building? And she's like, a runway. And he's like, a runway for what? She's like, for the aliens. And then she just, like, fully just, like, stone-faced. She's so funny. I love her. 
he met his match mm-hmm. and he didn't even know it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, oh my god, the when when in the beginning of the episode when like they're all spooned up and she's the big spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you knew that was Sawyer's life. Oh, I love it. Sawyer would be a little spoon. Fully. Little fully. Spoon. It's those details. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I love I'm literally like, okay, so I know much. there's, like, spoilers to talk about, but, like, Suliet makes me so happy. I mean, it just goes to show you that, like, the thing is, before I shipped Suliet, like, I was down to, like, go for a Jack and Sue, like, a double J, I don't know what you call them, Juliet, Jack and yeah, Suliet. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was on board for that. I was a little surprised they didn't take it further. Like, it ended yeah. fairly quickly and nothing really ever came Yeah, they only, like, kissed twice. But, like, she made me, like, be vaguely interested in Jack for a minute. Mm. But, like, it's mostly because she's just so good. Like, yeah. she makes everyone around her better. And I think it says a lot for the show that, like, even though they knew that she was making him interesting, there were more interesting things for her to do than date Jack. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So true. Yes. Okay, What's so I'm here to talk to you about why I think Michael was condemned. Do I believe, yes. do I think that he deserved to be condemned? Absolutely not. But I think no. that there are more reasons that he was, that he did become one of the whispers um, and was not able to therefore move, move on, on to the, um, whatever, yeah. than just killing Anna Lucia and Libby. And I think that the main reason is in season four, in Meet Kevin Johnson, Friendly comes to him and it's just like, the island isn't done with you. What you need to do is you need to fully detonate this bomb on the ship and kill everybody on board. Uh-huh. And although, you know, you know, he tries to do it uh, like immediately and then it says like not yet or whatever, but eventually that does happen. And that was his like original reason to stay on the, on to be on the boat is to literally kill everyone on board just for Ben. But like, I feel like, I feel like that decision was taken out of his hands, though. Like, did he really have a choice to go or not go? Like, I, I agree. I think that he eventually, I think that he definitely did have a choice in this moment. I think that he definitely would have eventually had to go. Like, Ben would have found a way to get him, yeah. to, get him to do that. Like, he tries to kill himself and he can't. Like, what life can he have anyway? Exactly. I mean, if I felt the same way I still wouldn't I mean that's just that's just the way that some people think is it's just like if I'm gonna kill myself I'm gonna take as many people down with me as I can and I just can't support that um mindset I don't think he did that either like I don't think that's what I don't think he was trying to take himself that like he probably was like that's the silver lining and this is I'll finally get to die too right I don't I don't think he did that because he was like happy about it or wanted to do it. I agree with that. You know what I mean? I think he mm-hmm. thought he had no choice. Right. I feel like he definitely all of his like throughout the whole arc, he acts like his hands are tied. Yeah, like, I so agree. much of his life was like that already. Like, and whether or not that's true is debatable. But like, I don't know. And it's also that's he's the one who pulls the trigger. But like, that also wasn't his decision either. Like, it was someone else's plan. He just executed yep. it. You know what I mean? Like. Right. And not that it makes it any better, but like then as soon as no. as soon as he finds that his the people he actually knows, people he's friends with are here on the ship. For example, as soon as he sees Jin, he's like, "Oh crap. Uh-oh." Cuz he and Jin, Jin are yeah. like best friends, right? So not that it makes it any better, but he tries to stop it as soon as he sees his friends there. You know, it's like if it was people he didn't know, then it was like whatever, but um, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't think he could like I don't think he could have stopped it. Like right. that's the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't, and I still don't know if I think that, deserves, like, he deserves to be, like, condemned to a lifetime of being a ghost right. because of that. No. I don't, like. And, like, the tragedy of him. I don't know, like, Kimi doesn't deserve to, like, move to the afterlife with everyone else. Like, I right. just feel like, I don't know. I feel like Michael's a good You person. know what? And I agree. 
And I think... And I think if you kill someone but you feel bad about it, at least there's that. Like, yeah. there's something to be said for remorse. Like, in, in Catholicism and Christianity, I'm not one, but, like, I know enough about it. Like, repentance and, like, remorse and guilt are a big part of why you get to go to the afterlife. Right. You know what I mean? I, so if he feels bad, then, like, why is that not enough? Right. And I, I think from a story perspective, too, that it's, like, Michael was one of the best choices that they had to explain who the whispers were like if they were if they had been like yes it's nikki and paolo then i would have been like what you know like like i'm glad that it was a main character you know it would have been like yeah because like it could have been libby but like we didn't know her enough before she died for it to be her either right like shannon could have been good maybe Mm -hmm. yeah it would have been cheap if it had been um somebody who wasn't as big of a deal as michael was like michael story-wise was the right choice i think but morality wise um i definitely agree with you that he deserved to be in that church with everybody else exactly yeah Yeah. and like all of his friends would have never like i don't know that like even sawyer ends up like coming to a place of forgiveness with him you know what i mean right like most people come to understand why he did all of the bad things that he did and like forgive him and like if all of his friends can forgive him then why can't whatever the almighty afterlife thing is right and then, like, it also just, like, because now he won't even get to be in the afterlife of his son. Like, it also, that just breaks my heart. Like, which is what his whole arc was about. He didn't get to spend his life with him. Yes. Yeah. Like, he didn't get to be a dad ever. Like, not in this life, a very short time on the island, and then not in the afterlife. You're also, like, that's, you're not just punishing Michael. Like, right. now Walt doesn't get a father then, either. And Walt doesn't deserve that. And did he ever even learn what ended up happening to his dad, or did his dad just heckin' disappear one day? You know? I mean, my headcanon for sure, like, it's definitely that Walt goes back to the island. Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, and Ben would have figured it out at some it, point. And if, if not that, Hurley, if Hurley didn't know, Ben knows yeah. what happened. Yeah, I think Hurley could definitely have been, uh, like, an advocate for, like, your dad was a good person. Yeah. And, like, would have helped Walt come to a place of acceptance with it and yeah and and Hurley is, and correct me if I'm wrong but Hurley's the one who sees Michael as one of the whispers right so he could I even explain so. that yeah but like for me the tragedy of Michael is that he obviously makes his own decisions but like Boone he was brought to the island to be a pawn yeah and so yeah so much of the responsibility of what happens to Michael is on Jacob Mm. But Jacob is, yeah. like, this, like, all-seeing being that, like, can do no wrong, right? And so yeah. you have the show kind of being like, oh, well, this is how it was meant to be. And when in reality, so much of Michael's life was not in his control. And yeah, exactly. the only proactive thing that he could do in these situations where he had no agency was to try and find Walt, you mm-hmm. know, try and take right. as many deals that were presented to him as possible because he was searching for his kid. Cause that's all he could do in that situation. Mm-hmm. And right. honestly, well, like yeah. Jacob doesn't get enough of the blame for how he screwed over so many of the people on that Island. It's true. A hundred people. Like that's why there's the conversation that happens. I think it's between him and the man in black later, but it might not be But like where he basically says that like Jacob's all like, well, people are who they are and I, I can't intervene. Mm-hmm. Because th- then I'm, like, you know, playing a pawn. But I was like, but you, by not intervening... You do intervene! You do intervene! Like, you're... He's doing the same thing. Like, you are absolving yourself of all responsibility. But it's like, you're creating this contrived situation. Yep. Like, you are a part of this, whether or not you think you're intervening. And he mm-hmm. picks favorites. Like, totally. Jacob has favorites, yes. and yes. it's obvious. Mm-hmm. 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 So, this kind of dovetails perfectly into the other question that I had for this sort of place and we kind of already talked about it too so um just let me know if you 
if we have no thoughts, then that's fine. Um, but one of my questions was, where do we see Jacob so far this season? I think the main one, and I love, love, love talking about this in the spoiler section with um, Maria in uh, 206. So, you, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't remember, go back and listen to that. It was, like, one of my favorite conversations well, we've had. for those of us who also can't remember. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah. Yes, please. So, <laughs> we had talked about that moment where Shannon is about to has seen Walt in the in the rain in the forest and Said is with her Walt says he he goes Shh, he he tells her to be quiet and then she runs after him and then gets shot by Anna Lucia and the only uh-huh. time that Said sees him is after he says that he believes Shannon and so it's like is Walt saying please be quiet if you be quiet then um then Anna Lucia will not shoot you yeah is oh. and then and then we ha- oh my god like you just blew my mind i forgot yeah. that like that's not what like that's not Walt. it's not that's Walt. jacob as well well that was another question we had oh my god because i literally just watched this episode like two days ago that was another jacob question we had the men in black as well it's definitely not the man in black because the man in black can only do it if they're dead and walt is not dead so we know it's either walt who's like that just makes me mad at jacob all over again a crazy special person who who can freaking subconsciously I think, move or ugh, it's Jacob. I'm dumb because I've watched the whole series and I know that Jacob is the is the ghost in the forest and I literally just watched this episode two days ago or something and it was like, oh, Walt. I thought it was really him. No, it's Jacob. Yep. Ah. Yeah. And like, that's like, yeah. that's why it makes me so angry that like, Jacob is like, oh, I can't interfere in things and I'm like, but you do. There's already there's do. literally a scientific <laughs> principle that whatever you study, you also change. Mm. And that's what Jacob's doing. And then he goes and tries to intervene and he makes things worse, but he still doesn't think that he has any responsibility for what happens on that island. Well, and I'm sorry, but like, I've come to like Shannon a lot more now in retrospect, Mm -hmm. but like, why does he think that she needs to be saved from Anna Lucia? Like, you know what I mean? What has she done that he thinks makes her worthy of sticking around? And if he hadn't done that- Like, does he think she's a candidate? Yeah, do, like, is she a candidate? Or she was is. she, like, there, like, Boone, to just be a pawn, to I'm torture the I'm pretty sure she is. Like, was she there to really? serve Saeed's purpose? I'm pretty sure she was on the list, yeah. But, um, also, I believe that a lot of the visions that Locke gets are also Jacob. For example, when J- uh, Locke has that dream, uh, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets given that by Jacob, in my opinion, so that Boone will work with him, because that's the only way that he can convince Boone because nobody knows about Teresa, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, you know, seeing where the plane goes and everything. Like, Jacob leads Locke to the plane and makes Boone specifically help him so that Boone, because Boone is the sacrifice the island demanded. You yeah. Know? It has to be Boone. What, why, though? Why does Boone deserve to die? <laughs> it's yeah. just Jacob. It's just Jacob being a dickhead. Yeah. He, yeah, I don't really like him. Yeah, and, like, he clearly orchestrated the tension between Echo and Locke because he Mm -hmm. gave both of them things that would force them to battle it out in terms of, like, who who has the more, like, pure faith. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if that was Jacob's aim the entire time... And what the hell was the point of killing everyone? I don't. Yeah. yeah, Jacob just like he he like he's like Jack. Like he he just thinks that he knows the right answer to everything, and that like he knows he's not he doesn't know everything, and he's not always right. Like you know what I mean? Exactly. Like he has no outside perspective, and that's why it's so beautiful in the end that 
the role that he had is passed on to someone who is more pure of heart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. who doesn't have the an idea to manipulate someone, but his right hand man knows exactly how. Like, yeah. Like how he, Jacob thought before. Like it never so should have like, been the role of one person. Like it should, exactly. it should have been a group. It yeah. should have always been like a yin and yang sort of thing. So like Hurley and Ben taking over like that sort of, not quite. And Walt. Yeah. yeah, yeah and Walt. Like them working as a team and having balanced perspectives and like atoning for things and realizing that they can't interfere in other people's lives the way their lives were interfered in like breaks the cycle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because like jacob's been doing that you mean think about richard he's been doing it for hundreds of years yeah and i think i think mother knew that too um allison janney i think she knew that it was supposed to be more than one person and when there was twins it was supposed to be jacob and mib yeah and then when mib died and became the smoke monster then it just had to be jacob again and then and and then the cycle began again and i mean what do you do when you're on your own like that like you become that person well i also like how much of the person that mib is and becomes is because of Jacob and because of Mother and the way that Mother treats Jacob. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. He just yep. Jacob treats Men in Black as not a great person. Like he doesn't have good motives. But like, how much of that is because of the way that he was brought up and the way that you've treated him? Yeah. yeah. How much of it is nature and how much of it is nurture? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's why, like, you can't just say like people are all bad and all good. Like Jacob does, he makes these judgment calls. But like, how much of that is like what? what the the situation that they're in you know what i mean people who have been given different opportunities like we see that in the flash sideways like people who are in a different world like they become different people even though they're still themselves yeah, yeah. i mean look yeah. at ben in the flash sideways that's so the, totally that's like the most succinct example is mm-hmm. like and sawyer like yeah sawyer has to work on the island to become a better person but if sawyer was put in the right circumstances if ben was put in the right circumstances they would thrive as people yeah they right. would all they would have chosen the right path Right. Because, like, Ben in his soul, like, is not solely driven by power, but he needs a purpose. Yeah. And he had a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Like, he had relationships that were healthy. Sawyer, like, it loves loves a puzzle, loves a mystery, but mm-hmm. he's on the other side of it. Yeah. Right. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mr. Echo, like, I'm also mad about him dying. Like, I think of all the series, no. I'm, yeah. that one broke my heart maybe the most. Because he had so much potential. Like, I knew Charlie was going to die. I cried a lot. But, like, that's another, like, case of, like, he was... I don't know if he was a good, good man. But, like, I don't think he was necessarily a bad man. I think he was also another victim of his circumstances. Not that that was also a responsibility. But, like, in another life, brother, you know, he might have been a different guy. Yeah. And it's just, like, he he also oh. feels guilty for the things that he's done. And I think that that's not for nothing, you know? Um, If it makes you feel any better, I don't know if it will, but maybe about Mr. Echo, is that... um. They had like season six plans for Mr. Echo. They were going to keep him for a very long yeah, time, but unfortunately, out of Wally's, he wasn't going to die. Well, out of Wally's parent, both of his Stone. parents passed away, and so he asked to be written yeah. off the show. I think if they, if he could yeah. have come back at all in season six, it would have helped a lot. I do understand. I've read people's explanations for why a lot of people aren't in the church, like. That yeah. it's because, like, they would have had their own church, you know what I mean? Because, like, they're, the people they yes, were connected yes. to weren't the, our main characters. So that's fine. But but he's mm-hmm. another one that I think didn't necessarily get a fair shake. And because they're both black men of color, like, not great. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. the show did not treat any of its black characters properly. Yeah. Not great, yeah. Hello. 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 <laughs> I missed you guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. 
It was my pleasure. I just sat in the chair the whole time. Oh, oh good. <laughs> I hope you can hear us. Check it out, Twitter. Oh, yeah, I was just scrum through Twitter. It was fine. I was sitting on my headphones. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, once again, thank you guys so much for joining us this episode. We loved having you. Yeah, this was so fun. <laughs> thank you. This was such a ball, except for the part where I had to go away. <laughs> I couldn't be in with the cool crowd. <laughs> we'll just watch the rest of the show immediately. Yeah, start season four so we can talk about the constant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I good. Know. I will say season oh. five is my favorite of all the seasons. So I love season five. I'm so excited for you to get there because I asked Casey, I was like, do you like sci-fi? And she was like, yes. And I was like, season five will be your jam. Season five is the tea. Yeah. It's, it's so good. But we, you guys both have episodes scheduled in season three, so we should, I'm very excited to have both of you back. Wait, guess why I chose my episode. (laughs) What episode are you doing, Casey? Or do you not want to spoil? Um, oh, wait, Robin, I forget what episode. I think you're doing, I think you're doing one of, it's either one of them or one of us. There's two, there's one named one of the, it's one of them. No, that's the one Scott's doing. Sorry. It's one of us. Is it the Juliet one? No, it's not. It's. Oh, it's because oh, I'm yeah, in season yeah. two. I'm in season two. Sorry. You are doing... Yeah, you're doing one of us. <laughs> one of them is a Saeed episode. One of us is a Juliet episode. I you're almost picked Juliet. that one, so I can't wait to listen to it. But more importantly, it's a really good skate episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a great Juliet episode. My brand is so strong. <laughs> um, do you guys want to remind us one more time where we can find you on the internet? Yes, Twitter and Instagram. K-thro, K-T-H-R-O. Yeah, you can find me on, like, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and everything. You know, Casey Wall. But most importantly, yeah. connect with me on LinkedIn, please. Yeah. Social media is, like, 99% of my social life. So please be my friend. Yeah. Same. Uh, same. <laughs> um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And if you're looking for all things aficionados, that's at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Tumblr Instagram, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. And YouTube. We haven't done a lot on our YouTube, but we will. I just tagged you guys in an Instagram story. Dope. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we also have a Patreon. We talked a little bit about our, about our Patreon before, but if you have, uh, if you don't feel like buying a coffee maybe one day a month, um, we would love your help. Uh, we now have four feeds and we have to pay for um, uh, SoundCloud Pro on all four of them. Uh, and that's really expensive. So please help. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> pay for your entertainment. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. It's never been easy. <laughs>